Happy Hump Day, everybody. Boy, do I have a treat for you. Today's episode is Joey Coco Diaz, Tom Segura, John Moore, and my buddy Adam Rickman. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. Enjoy. This is The BirdCast. Clothes, you know, this kid is just screaming, throwing ties off the racks and everything. And then he just takes off running at a full clip. Straight down the aisle, and at the end of the aisle was a full-length mirror. He didn't realize it was a mirror, and he runs at a full clip into this mirror, just smack, and just kind of steps back. Didn't know what happened. Like he could not understand physics. It makes you feel and, so. Good. Oh man, I loved it. I could not have been more happy. He shut up the whole time. So I think he had like a concussion or something. He was. I love that. That's how we're time. starting off the podcast. Is with John's hateful story about a child. Well, yeah. some kids because you you have great kids, but some people's kids really suck so bad. Yeah, and like it's like when you there's one thing like you know it's hard when you when you first see kids that you realize they really are ugly, you know, and you and you <laughs> want to tell people. Because you could say it to somebody, you can't tell the parent, like, that's an ugly yeah. kid. Or when a kid's a real asshole and you actually, you enjoy watching them get hit, oh, you know? Like, that's, that's the best. That is the best. It's like, I, I had a, I had a, my buddy, my old roommate had a dog, uh, Hagen, mm-hmm. I think was the dog's name, after Copenhagen. A shitty dog. And, yes, a chocolate lab, like, half breed. It's like, just ears looked weird, nose yeah. was too long, yeah. but he spent like a dickload of money for it yeah. in college. And I remember watching the dog piss on his bed one time, mm-hmm. and I should have stopped the dog, <laughs> but I fucking enjoyed yeah. it so much that I almost was like, how can I get the dog to piss on his bed every fucking time? That's the, you know the thing about people with shitty dogs? People who have like a really shitty dog will act like they know how to train dogs like they'll tell you like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what oh. you got to do and you're like Dude, oh, yeah. your dog sucks you yeah. have, your dog has no obedience you haven't trained it at all but they'll be like what this is when you need to pet them and you should reinforce like do you do any of it no nope. do you do anything at all to your dog your dog's a fucking it's it's like a, a, a an untamed beast and you're that's wait are we talking about my dog <laughs> No, your dog. That dog. That dog. Joey. Joey came in today, and Priscilla gave him like the the sniff, sniff, and then she was looking at him, and Joey's like, "This is what she's supposed to do. This is what a dog does. Yeah. Dog does. Yeah. Uh, people get mad at that. You know, once I go in your house, it becomes that dog's property. Yeah. And you have to act like, and if not, you're gonna get fucking bit. Yeah. 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 And that goes for kids too. You're gonna get fucking bit, and that's it. You know, people don't know the mechanics of a dog. You know why I know the mechanics of a dog? He used to be a burglar. <laughs> you know exactly why the fucking dog is there. Plus, before before I became a burglar, when I was a kid and I first came from Cuba, I, get, I kept getting attacked by dogs. You know, like I lived in the Bronx. My mother had a dry clean in the Bronx. I got bit in the face. I got bit in Harlem in the leg. I got bit in Jersey. And I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. So I just... Broke down around dogs. Like the fear I had. One dog walked past me one time with his owner, walked like 10, and then turned around and bit me. That's when you know you're a retard. <laughs> when the dog turns around and comes back and bites you. Like you're such a loser kid. That was about eight or nine. You know? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, you know, once you. You, you walk past the dog, the 
dog's like, oh, fuck it. It's yeah, yeah, he, he, he bit me. Fucking two German Shepherds. You know, and it's, it's amazing how when you see, uh, like, I respect that. dogs. I respect animals, you know. That's my biggest fear. I was walking to Yum Yum Donuts one night, and some guy had his pit bull off the fucking chain on Koufax. That dog came right up to me. He could have just tore my fucking leg off. But it was the respect that I gave him that saved my fucking leg. I get, Joe Rogan, Frank, almost tore me up one time. Yeah. But I just I learned how to just maintain. And it's the inner thing. It's like when you pick up a cat. If you pick up a fucking cat hard, that cat's going to be hard. But I pick my fucking cats up like nothing. And that's, they feel the love in your hand. I never yeah. realized how fucking how bad I would do against, like, a bear or a lion until one time I had to get our cat into a, a flying crate. Mm. Like, put him in one of those crates, take him to the vet. And th- and our cat, Gus, just decided to fuck me up. And all of a sudden, I have a cat that is grabbed onto me and just going, yes. and I'm like, I fucking was like, I don't know what to do. and it hurt so fucking, fucking bad hurts, yeah. that I thought if that was a lion, I'd be fucking dead. Oh, yeah. There's not only, like, there, it's the fucking, that cat-like instinct. So, uh, <laughs> do you remember that guy at the X show? Uh, yeah, Sean. that got bit by a dog. Yeah, what was he? he, he Sean, I think his name is Sean Finkel. Is yeah, that, uh, that's exactly what his is name, that what his name was? was. Yeah, one of the the producers got a rescue dog. A rescue dog. It was an adult German Shepherd. Nobody knew anything about this dog. It was an adult, a rescue, and he would bring it into the office. hadn't had it a week, and Sean, he was like a. You know, he was a good-looking guy, wanted to be an actor, and he comes in, gets right in the dog's face, and starts rubbing the face oh, right there, just, and it just took a bite out of his face. God there was damn. blood all over the office. He had to get stitches, plastic surgery. There's a very this is a disputable story in my family right now. Cotty got bit by a dog. Are we had a dog? Arthur was on heart medicine, and she was in my room, and she and he was sleeping, and she was he was a Jack Russell Terrier, and he was like she was like in his face and like like this, and all of a sudden in the middle of the night he just and bitter and bitter face got her right in the eye and inside her mouth. Oh, inside and, the and mouth. On. And and we had to sh- I had to get him off, and then my dad, I go take. Cotty into my dad's and mom's room, and I'm like, Arthur bit Cotty. They gave her like two seconds, and then my dad disappeared with Arthur. Took oh, him out, you know, took him out yeah. to the to the porch, and uh, and um, he came back and he had a bite in his hand. He's like, "Don't go after, don't go out there, don't go out there." I was like, "Okay." Next morning, Arthur is in a basket being sent to live on a farm. He, they put him in a basket because that was the ba- and my dad's hosing off the fuck end porch. And I, to this day, I think my dad killed Arthur with a baseball bat. No doubt. To this day. No doubt. <laughs> to this day. And my dad always goes, no, buddy, you have a fucking active imagination. I never told you Will Smith wanted to fuck you in the ass. I didn't kill Arthur with a baseball bat. <laughs> so my, that's how my dad sees life. I'm like, bullshit. You fucking killed Arthur with a baseball yeah, bat. Yeah. I'll get it out of him next time he's here. I know a guy. Like, I'll pull him aside. Say, hey, just between me and you. I won't tell Bert. Did you kill that dog? I know a guy who had a bird that he loved his bird and his brother's dog. Uh, he was supposed to lock up the, the brother was supposed to like keep the dog locked up when the house is empty so the dog doesn't fuck with any of the other Yeah. His dog killed the bird. Right? Holy shit. This guy loved this fucking bird. He took the dog when he got home and found his bird dead, he was so livid that he drowned the dog in the pool with his <laughs> with his hands. And oh, left that's him fucking that's, man. that is hardcore. Yeah. And that's but and he was that. like, fuck you. And fuck your fucking dog, and like, 
Shut the no fuck word. Up. Yeah, like I my do, my about. that same dog Hagen killed. I had an iguana in college named Wilbury after the traveling Wilburys, and uh, hey, well, I came home one day. I had a dog Abigail. My buddy Obi had a dog Wil- uh, named Hagen, and I come back and Wilbury is in his cage and he's dead. With my iguana, and I'm like, oh fuck, and I just thought I didn't feed it. And Obi's there, and he's like. He's like, what's, uh, what the hell is the matter? And I was like, Wilbury's dead. And he was like, oh, shit, I guess you didn't feed it in a while. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And I was like, yeah, he's what are you going to do? And I'm like, uh, just um, – and so uh, he goes, what are you going to do? And I was like, uh, I was like, I guess I'll just cremate it because I was like, I don't want to bury it because then the dogs are going to dig it up. I was like, I'll cremate it. <laughs> so Just with one match? No, no, I, I got some – I got some uh, – I got some paper and I wrapped it up in oh, newspaper, no. and I got some lighter fluid and I lit it, and it fucking in the fireplace. It flamed up good. I mean, it was a blaze until the paper pulled away, and there's still an iguana that's filled with liquid, and the liquid's sizzling and squirting out of his eye, and his <laughs> toes are bent back, and his tail's all curled up. His lips were like this, like. And I fucking felt so horrible. I just felt like fucking I disfigured this animal that I loved that I had to go take it outside and bury it out there. It was a fucking worst. Yeah. But and then Obi says to me like two weeks later, he's like, You still upset about Wilbury? And I said, No, I'm past it. And he goes, Well, just so you know, Hagen killed it. And I was like, What? And he goes, I saw him playing with him and I walked in and I just put him back in the cage. I, f- I figured I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> so how do you get out of the cage? He he was he was a bigger one. He could get out. Wow. Yeah. Is everyone watching this Beyonce? Should I turn it off? Yes. Yeah, uh, I guess I should do an intro in the man cave today. Tom Segura, Yo. John Moore, executive producer of the hit show Joe Schmo. Right, John. Yeah. And Joey Coco Diaz. What's happening, guys? We have uh, that was a late intro. Apologize. Apologize. And then uh, supposedly we don't. I don't know. If I, I'm almost certain it's going to happen. <sighs> Adam Richmond from Man vs. Food should be here. So <clears throat> we can all interview Adam. Who has to give up their mic? What? John, I'll give up. John. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the one the one guy who's consistently every time people go, the one John did the last one like he was singing <laughs> blues. He was like, ah so he did the whole podcast and no one could understand him. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, what was I doing? What do you mean? You singing the, the blues? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. getting much better at it. Well, you know. I've done a few since then. I've done like twelve since then. Let's talk about how fucking fantastic his show is then. Oh, yeah. Let's talk Joe about Schmo? that. No, not yet. Jesus. John, pitch it. Who sold Joe Schmo? Dude, what it is, it's a, it looks like a reality show. One guy comes to compete uh, for the grand prize of 100 grand and a year's contract to be a bounty hunter. Everybody else he's competing against are actors. He doesn't have any idea. And they're just messing with him. So it's a prank and show it's like, on now, one dude. Now, what's the kid that created this? Um, a guy named Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick created it 10 years ago, and we did it two seasons back then. Right. Then it went away. Now, who was the kid from the best damn sports show that works on there? Uh, Glasses, curly Oh, Brian Keith Etheridge. Oh, yeah, BKE. Yeah. Now, yeah. BKE. Created or had some- no, no, no. He was he was one of the writers on the first season, okay. and he was an actor on the first season. Okay. He's funny. So, yeah, he's funny. He's funny, yeah. He he's wasn't available funny. this year, but. He's a funny, good dude, man. Yeah, he's a trip. He's so yeah. funny. And he's such a nice guy. And he plays, he's a great drummer, too. Did you know that? He is? Yeah. I heard. Yeah. 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 And a sensual lover. Like, he went to... Very he, generous. generous. Very generous lover. lover. Yeah, very generous lover. But he went to USC and got, like, his degree in music. Really? He, yeah, yeah. He's got a band. That, and um, anyway, so this one guy thinks 
he's on a real reality show and he's not. And it's just, he's there with all the actors and he doesn't know, like we put this guy through the mill and he just thinks all this craziness is going on. We have a, we had a black character named Lavernius, named after One your of my boy. Jokes. My joke named after Lavernius Coles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to school with Lavernius Coles at yeah. Florida State, and uh, I loved his name. I thought it was the greatest. I think we had a class together, and I remember them saying Lavernius, and I thought that was a joke name. <laughs> I was like, and I started laughing, yeah. and then he was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh, oh, sorry." That's great. This this guy Lavernius, he's like a big black guy, kind of like a you know scary type reality show black guy they have on every one of them, and he pulls him aside. Like the first night and says, yo, we're friends. We should stick together. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. And he goes, by the way, I got to tell you something. I'm gay. And he tells him this long story about his boyfriend, Ray Ray. And he's like, now don't tell anybody <laughs> Another else. name out of my act. <laughs> is that, is that yeah, right? Right? Oh, I didn't know that. So uh, I, you know, he tells me, he goes, now don't tell anybody. It's just between you and me. I don't want people to know. I don't know how they'll accept me. Then the next day, we've got the single mother, the widow comes to him and is like, man, I'm in love with Lavernius. What can I do to get Lavernius? I think he wants me. And he's just put in the middle. He can't tell her because he can't, you know, screw up with his, his friendship. And he gets into this weird love triangle. Everywhere he goes, this chick is like, hey, man, I really need to get get with Lavernius. I, I think he, he so likes wait, me. So wait, are you line editing this? Or are you in a video village watching this? You were watching, we, yeah, we've got a whole So are you losing everything. your fucking mind when two jokes that you've set up for a period of time collide and she's like, and you're watching? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And like the, the weirdest thing for me was the table read because when they all got together for the table read, like six months ago, these characters didn't exist. Yeah, and hear that when you're a writer and that happens, it's like a it's a mind blowing thing. I love that show, like to a lot Joe Schmo because it everything is done so well, has to go so well on so many different levels for it to work. Oh yeah, but there's and a blind like, chick on the show, and apparently like, deaf, that's it, deaf, deaf, deaf. Blind would be yeah. We got. I guess tip. she could just close her eyes and really do it. One of our contestants, <laughs> she's not deaf in real life, but she's playing a deaf girl on the show. So he's like, I'm fighting to be a bounty hunter with a deaf girl. You know, it's just all ridiculous. She's fantastic. She's great. Yeah. But the writing, like, you guys have to, like, come up with the concept. Those people execute it. And then I feel like a huge factor is casting the right guy. Oh, yeah. Because he's so He's nice. got to be dumb yeah. enough. And sincere. And you got to be, like, a, and a, good, a dude. good dude. He's not, yeah, you got to be a good dude. But he's not dumb. That's what everyone thinks. He just doesn't know. Yeah, but I'd figure it out pretty quick. No, you wouldn't. No, I'd you wouldn't. I'd figure it out. There's no way because all he's going by is the information he's given. Is he, is he from L.A.? No. no. He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got his <laughs> master's degree. No, I'm not. I'm going to Pittsburgh next week. I'm not saying they're dumb, but I'm saying he couldn't be from, like, L.A. or New York or somewhere because he'd fucking catch I'd be a little more sa- He'd be a little more savvy. But, you know, if you just walk in a room, you know, somebody would just walk in this room and, you know, I, I would say, you know, I've been in prison for three years. There's no reason for him not to believe that because he doesn't have, you know. Greatest line Joey Diaz ever delivered in person to me. We were talking about uh, black people and he goes, dog, if you think brothers are allowed the movies, go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking laughed. It was me, you, and Felicia Michaels, and I could not stop laughing. Oh, Felicia didn't man. really hear it. Like, she didn't yeah. catch it. Yeah. And I could not. And then Joey just continues telling a story. I yeah. go, no, go back to that. <laughs> Greatest fucking line. No Wait, into the mic, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. When you go to jail, they talk all night black people. 
<laughs> like I couldn't figure it out. Like you go to first, you go to, like you get sentenced, and they take you to county jail. Uh-huh. And then after you're in county jail after a week, they go, "Listen, we're gonna send you to where you're gonna go, but first you have to go to diagnostic to like a a prison where they test your head and they draw blood and all that shit." And you're there for two weeks. Then they decide where they're going to send you according to your points and what crime you did and previous. And if you have a high school diploma, there's all these variables. And uh, once they send you to the, once they send me to diagnostic, that's what it's called, nobody sleeps there. I went to diagnostic in August, which is fucking Humidville in Colorado. <laughs> and I was on the third floor. And there had to be, you know, it's like six floors of just cells like you see in a movie, just all the way high up. And I remember one lights went out. They talked all night. <laughs> I mean, and listen, look. If Do you, you realize how much I'd I mean, love that? If you're like in the cell next to me, and I'm like, "Yo, Bert, yo, what's up, Joey? What's going on over there? Not reading a book. What are you reading about? Oh, I'm reading about physics. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, <laughs> this is clearly a made up one. Or what are you doing over there? <laughs> reading a book yeah, about physics. Right, right. You're reading that. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, something about Stephen King. I'm reading on the right. Yeah. yeah. You're reading on, and we're having a conversation about it. You know what? Whatever, whatever this appeals to, at least it's an interesting conversation. You know, how he came up with Carrie. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. He, he, he was I a feel jab. like I know where this is going. No, 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 no. I, I don't, I don't, no, no. I don't. And I'm excited. But, but with the brothers. Okay, so you and I are talking to, next to each other in the cell. Yeah. Like, so, John, did you read the part about Carrie, how he wrote Carrie? Whatever. It's not an intelligent, it's not going to save the world. But at right. least we're talking about something. The black guys. <laughs> But they talk like from the second floor to the fourth. And it's like, yo, yo, Mo B. Yo, Mo B. And it's got to travel. So Mo B's in his room, right? Mo B's in his room, whatever. Picking his fucking afro or greasing his ears or putting Vaseline on their calves. Whatever the fuck they do. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, shit, Mo B. That must be me. So now he has to get up and go to the thing and go, yo, Moby here. <laughs> so now the guy downstairs forgot he already yelled up to Moby. He's going to say, Moby, oh, yo, yo, Moby, what's going on up there? And then Moby has to yell back, nothing, dog, you know, just doing time like a motherfucker. All right. You know, and, then, and this goes on for hours. Like, yo, so, so you got visiting on Sunday? Nah, I got my baby's mama, number one. The fat hole's coming because... The white one don't like black, you know, and it goes on forever. And you're sitting in bed going, you just want to get up and go, oh, does this matter? Are we saving fucking lives? And let's say you fall to sleep at two. Let's say you fall asleep at one. When you get up at four, they're still having the same conversation. Moby and Ray Ray. They're still fucking, you know, yo, so tell us what happened in high school. And they just talk. Oh, and it's all fucking night, guys. Oh, my God. I'm oh. And they don't sleep in the daytime. Black people rest to talk. <laughs> I went to Popeye's about two years ago. I went to Popeye's Chicken on Laurel Canyon. And this ain't a racist statement. This is a true statement. I went in there with my wife. Right here, Laurel Canyon. Yeah, I know that Popeye's. Laurel, yeah. Tremendous Laurel Canyon. But what a lot of people don't know is Tuesdays is a dollar ninety nine. You get a wing and a breast. Yep. Yeah. Which I means that. black people go fucking bananas on Tuesday. <laughs> like on Wednesday, if you're white and you get up in the Mickey Mouse Club, it was anything yeah. could happen day. Uh-uh. Yeah. For black people, it's what's today? Tuesday. Oh shit! It's going down at Popeyes, right? We we went to Popeyes. That Popeyes on a Tuesday. You were going to Tuesday? Tuesday? It was the day before I my fast. Packed. But here's the beauty of it: there was a guy in Popeyes eating chicken on the phone the whole time while he was eating chicken. 
<laughs> After a while, if I'm black and I'm sitting there, I'm going, what are you doing? You're eating chicken. Why are you talking to me about eating chicken? Come over here. Yeah. You fucking diet root beer. <laughs> yeah. Call me back when you with the chicken. He talked throughout the whole conversation while he was eating the three pieces of chicken. Me and my wife stayed there. I'm like, my wife's like, we got to go. No, we're not. Yeah. We gotta watch this whole conversation go down. <laughs> this is what reality TV should be. Oh, yeah. Fucking some guy hunting a bull yeah. in Spain. This is it. This black guy yeah. on the phone. He didn't even he didn't even stop and go, let me call you back when he asked to check for hot sauce. You know how they always stop, yeah, like I'm yeah, gonna yeah. take two bites of hmm. <laughs> Something's missing this motherfucker. <laughs> hot sauce hot sauce, that's right. He didn't even get off the phone. My point being he ate chicken. Like if I don't know about you guys. I can't eat and talk. When I'm talking when I'm eating, I'm fucking eating. I don't yeah. want to talk to them. Yeah. There ain't nobody in the world I want to talk to when I'm eating. Yeah. This guy was eating his favorite meal and didn't even give up, take five minutes off. He just talked. Throughout the whole thing, it was an hour for three pieces of chicken. So, I got nowhere to go with this. I'm just no, no. John, John watched me eat today, and I eat like a fucking wolf. Yeah, you, no, you eat like you're in prison. I eat like you, I'm in prison. You eat like you're scared. Everyone around you is going to take your food. I've never seen anything like it. I was I the fastest eater that I had ever been around. Who? Myself. Me. I finished, and you are at least three times as fast. Really? Fast. It's crazy, man. Yeah. No, I mean, he eats like there's a prize at the bottom of it or something. Like, you are going nuts. Yeah, I eat, I eat really hate fast. I, but that was takes two bites of her meal, and I'm already the waitress is taking my dish. Oh, That's and crazy. I'll tell you what else. I don't, I, like, I have a real fucking thing about my food being hot. Like, I need my food to be hot. Oh, Almost like, oh, yeah, 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 I can't have, like, if it starts to cool down, I, it's ruined. In my opinion, I like, it's meant to be served hot. Yeah. yeah. So, Leanne, it was a big hiccup in our relationship when we first got married because I'd make dinner for us, and she'd be like, with, especially with the girls, she'd be like, give me, I'll be out in 15 minutes. I'm just going to put all that down. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I made it now. It's on the table now. You stop what you're doing, and you come now. But with when it comes, when we go on the road with my crew, we'll get, and when it's a crew of fucking 15 people on the road. I go, the second my food gets anyone's food, you start eating. We're not fucking fam- family. There's no fucking just it's it's work. You eat and then fucking eat it because I'm, I'm not waiting for anyone. I'm not waiting for anybody. Yeah. And I've finished food. I've finished straight up meals before anyone gets served. Uh, you know when you go to a restaurant with somebody? Yeah. You know why I don't go to restaurants with people? Because they take too long to order. Oh. I'm walking in that restaurant. I Drives me know what nuts. I want. As I'm walking in the fucking door. It's yeah. So when she comes over with the waters right there. Yo, you ready to take this? No. And then you always got one fucking Momo who's doing everything but. You know, Red Man, he's doing everything. Getting the fucking menu. <laughs> <laughs> Rogan knows what he wants. I know what I want. Yeah. John knows yeah. what he wants. You're the only fucking Momo. And look at the fries. Look at the flowers. I don't give a fuck about the flowers. You better know when that bitch comes the first time, you better have your fucking order. My wife is the same way. She, you know, she looks around. Look at the, look at the brickwork. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. What, about you know, I don't understand. One of my friends always, <clears throat> always, gives two options to the server, and it's like, what do you think? And then basically lets the server decide. Hey, fuck uh, you. And I'm like, was that me? Was what? that me that did that? Remember no. The, no, 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 not that one. Do you remember when we were in Hawaii? And I said to the lady, "What's good on the menu?" And she goes, "I don't know." And I go, "Oh yeah." And I go, "What do you mean you don't know?" And she's like, "I don't know." And I said, "What about these?" She goes, "I don't know." Like, you haven't had anything on this menu? Yeah. She goes, no, nah, they won't let us eat off the menu. And I go, <laughs> and then we took it upon ourselves to go fucking hunt down management and say they need to eat for the menu because we yeah. need to know what we want to eat and their recommendation matters. Yeah, yeah. I okay. remember that. That was a fucking – have you ever seen – Joe, have you ever seen the video of me shaving Tom's tits? It uh, is uh, – I, I watched it good. just as on a lark in the uh, – and we were in Hawaii and I shaved Tom's back and then I realized that his armpit hair connected to his tit hair. Mm-hmm. So I was like – Chest also works. 
chest. <laughs> so I was like, let me just shave some definition. I'll hollow this point out and then bring it up under. And I did one. And the second I did one, I looked at it and it looked like his nipples were wearing a mask. <laughs> They're just like, because it looked like like glasses on his. And I could not stop laughing. And it looked so bad. Adam's here. Oh, good. That's a perfect time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll edit all this out, I'm sure. Adam, come on in. I'll keep it real. Oh, yeah. We'll just keep it in. Yeah. I'm going to move back. All right. Um, Adam, How are you, sir? good to see you, brother. This is my buddy, Tommy Buns. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, here. Leanne. Cool. Leanne leaves the dog in here. I love, I, oh, come on. Do you want us to keep Mona? Okay. This is Tommy you, Buns, stand-up going? comedian. Uh, John Moore, he's the executive producer of Joe Schmo, and my buddy Joey Coco, Coco Diaz. Joey and you will be uh, will be simpatico. Both guys out of New York, East Coasters. Grab a mic, yeah. sit down. Sit down. You were tearing up some hot dogs last week. I was in West Palm Beach. You were tearing up some hot dogs. I'm in my room getting high, going, I wish I had some fucking hot dogs. <laughs> into the mic, uh, Joey. Into the mic. Do you want anything? I'm good. Beer. I'm good. Are we already recording? Yeah, yeah. yeah we just yeah. we just started and we were like, yeah, Adam will roll in. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Sorry for the delay. No, don't worry about it, man. So uh, Adam is in what are you what are you in for? Are you just in the party? What am I here for? No, I uh I came out here for some work stuff and I have to finish a co- uh, writing a cookbook. Are you and right? I owe my publisher a bunch of recipes. It's there's a lot more recipes in the cookbook than I thought. I figured, you know, fifty, sixty recipes, I'm good, you yeah. know. And apparently the bare minimum for a cookbook is 85, and they want like a That's like industry standard. Yeah, and they want like 115. I just don't want it to be like douchey. That's my thing, because like I think there are so many people out in the food world that can cook so much better than I can. Do we? Do, can you curse on your podcast? Yes, of course. I just, I'm just well, checking ask, it out of time. Into a mic. How do you write a cookbook? I've always wondered that. It's like, a great it's, question. It's not like you don't sit there like, there was a... Chicken who, you know, you, like, yeah, totally. this like is the story. Driven. This is the story of a teaspoon of salt with a dream. <laughs> this teaspoon of salt had a dream one day. No, you know what? Um, I've written recipes in my first book, and they were kind of inspired by the places that I was writing about. And so now um, they want they want a cookbook that's kind of based on my travels and places I've been and regional things and things I've learned. But it's also just the way you experiment. I mean, people just – people watch – they're much better chefs than me, but people watch them like they're like a burning bush. And they're just like trained cooks. And they have vast skill, vast skill, but – Is that your background, cooking? Yeah. I mean, I came up – I supported myself as an actor doing the restaurant thing. But um, you get trained formally like as a chef in New York? Only, the only formal training I had was for sushi. Really? Yeah, I didn't go to like CIA or FCI or any of the big schools like that are Cordon Bleu, Johnston and Wales. Like those guys really, they have a manipulation and understanding of food that I wish I had. But so in answer to your question, so like what I'll do is, first of all, I do a lot of recipes for like endorsement deals and shit like that. And so I was like, how many of these can I recycle? So I was like, 25, nice. So that gives me a head start. But I sat at the the pool. There's a, I chose a hotel, the Travel Channel, and put me up at season one when we were shooting the Upfront video. And uh, it's just like the most creative space ever. And I, um, so I, I, what I'll do is I'll think of a dish and I'll write out a one-line description of it. And then I'll work out the mechanics of it. So, for example, there's a tortilla soup with guacamole wontons that I, that I have in the soup. 
And so it's just like, well, what do I love about tortilla soup? What do I love about – I love soup dumplings. I love any of that shit. And then you just sort of conceptualize a recipe, and then I can always fine-tune it. Can you put in, like, some recipes and then add a teaspoon of jizz and just to see if people catch it? Like like one of those hidden eggs on DVDs. <laughs> remember that? Do you remember, like – Easter eggs. Yeah. No, no. In, in, on DVDs, they'd be like, find the egg in the corner, and it unreleases. Like, are you ever thinking about doing that? <laughs> Not for jizz. Um, I cook with far less jizz than you might think. Um, Isn't that and I really cookbook all about cooking with jizz? Are you being serious? Yeah. There is a cookbook yeah. that's all about cooking with placenta. I know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, apparently cooking with placenta. And my um, director of photography. <laughs> Someone's at home. I thought it said. I thought it Pastrami. said. No, <laughs> polenta. Oh, shit. <laughs> Honey, it's going to take a while for this fucking recipe. This joke would have been really funny if I could come up with a fucking word. So, <laughs> so you came out to write your book? Yeah, did you have Dan? Was Dan your uh, one of your DPs Dan on your show? Adler? No, no, no. Dan. No, I don't try to throw him under the bus. But he was a director of photography for the same production company that did Birth Conquer at the beginning. And his wife had a doula and she did like a home birth. And he showed me, he showed us like pictures. She was like, the kid was born on the living room floor. <sighs> Shit looked like a scene from Silence of the Lambs. How can you fucking do that? And I don't know. They I couldn't. I couldn't do the home birth. Joey just had a baby. Muzzle tough. <laughs> no. Do you want some pretzels? <laughs> yeah, I got some THC pretzels, so they're hitting me. Right <laughs> Twenty-seven milligrams. The read the grab those pretzels right there and read yeah. the ingredients. I would love to. Anti Dolores. Medical cannabis savory pretzels. Keep out of reach of children and pets. But, but read, says, no, turn around and read the actual ingredients. Okay. I think if you I think it's on the back. Oh, okay. I see some stuff. I see some stuff on the front, but okay. Oh, here they are. Yeah, I think the first two ingredients are really important. Yeah, I, I like it. Cannabis and then pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> soy sauce, rice vinegar, coconut oil, garlic powder, paprika, and onion flakes. Contains soy, wheat, but no MSG. Oh, good. I'm worried about the MSG. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when I have weed pretzels. You put that recipe in your book right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The first time. <laughs> it's this? like, you know, like, bars put pretzels so you drink more. It's like, yeah. here's so you eat more pretzels. I gave three of them to a stewardess last week. Yeah. Because I was eating them, and she came over. She goes, what, you don't like our pretzels? I go, no, these are vegan. <laughs> I tried one. one, one I do. No, I had a whole fucking bag of them. This bitch started eating them. She goes, they're not back. And I have another one. I'm <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, where's her next trip to? And at first, I didn't feel bad. I don't give a fuck. But then I was like, they could piss test this bitch. Yeah. And she was probably like, I haven't smoked since high school. I swear. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. I got, slipped, I got slipped acid one time in college. <clears throat> Me and my buddy Ozzy. And we didn't get his, Let me rephrase that. The guy had a drink that had acid in it. And me and Ozzy, the guy gave, offered it to us. And we both drank it. And then he was like, there's acid in it. And so... uh I went. We got up to our hotel room. We were at, in uh, in in like spring weekend in Panama City. Got up to my hotel room. I looked in the mirror, and in the mirror I saw my eye, and I saw me standing in my eye like back a hundred times. And I was, and I got freaked out. I was like, "The fuck!" And I walk in to the room, and Ozzy's just staring at his feet. And I'm like, hey, "Do you think we got slipped something?" And he was like, "I'm fucking losing my mind." We sat up in a bed watching the fishing network, like where they just caught fish all fucking night long, going, "It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine." And then we started enjoying it. But yeah. Wow. Did you ever stop watching the fishing network? No, we watched that the whole time. It's relaxing as shit. Except your 
Yeah. Fine. You know, after you go, where am I going to go? I'm, I'm, I'm here for 12 hours. It's like Yoshi. When Yoshi, we have a friend, Yoshi, who uh, Joey has this weed banana bread that he'll bring to shows. And if you choose to eat it, you choose to eat it. Some people do. Some people don't. Yoshi is one that doesn't, but he didn't know there was weed in it. So Joey says, like, that banana bread, you have, like, a piece, right? No, Strong Yoshi. Shit. No, when you, when you want it, though, you don't eat a ton of it. You have a piece and you're No, good. I just eat a whole piece. Yoshi just had a little slice. No, no, no. I had a piece. Yoshi had a slice. He is, he, is he Asian? Is he a Japanese yeah, man? Yeah, he's Japanese and he edits porn. And he does stand-up. At the same time? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Because he, that's very efficient. But he, he, had a, he had like seven of these pieces or four of these pieces. And then fucking Joey was like, you didn't eat the banana bread, did you? And Yoshi's like, yeah. what's the matter with the banana bread? He's like, it's weed in it. And Tom goes, what did you do next? And Yoshi goes, I sat in my car for seven hours. Well, first he got on stage. Yeah. Yoshi did and was like... Midway through his set, he was like, oh, my legs were feeling funny. Yeah, he was, he was fucking. We could see it. And he kept saying, my friends got me high. I was standing with Martin. And I go, that's the fucking banana bread. Yeah. And he got off and I followed him. <laughs> when I got, listen to this, when I got off stage. Sorry, it's just such a funny piece of deductive reasoning. Oh, it's got to be the banana bread. <laughs> he's sitting in the chair just like you. Uh-huh. I walk in and he's just rubbing his thighs. And I sit next to him for comfort. And I could see that he wants to say something to me, but he can't. Like, he's trying. Like, he's like, he kept rubbing his thighs. And he kept rubbing. And then even once in a while, he'd go, Joey, what else is in this banana bread? And I kept saying, just weed. But you're going to be, it's just a little bit of weed. I didn't want to scare him. I didn't want to say, you're going to be fucked up. So we get outside. This could be a rough night. He's holding on to the wall. He's got his claws in the fucking wall like Spider-Man. He's got a leg up. Like she don't want to ride home, and he's like, "No, no, no." And I felt bad at that point because I saw him go for it. He was hungry. It was an immediate thing. Yeah. He came in. He looked, and he goes, "Ah!" Oh. And once he ate like two pieces, he's like, "This tastes funny." <laughs> you know, and once I see you go for it, I ain't gonna say shit. You know, it's not my job to say you don't eat that. I'm no dietitian. I'm not gonna stop you. The rest is up to you. You know what I'm saying? It does have drugs in it, though. Yeah, it does have drugs. Then when he told me he didn't get high, then I thought he was a friend. You come into my room. I expect you to get high. Something you got to do something. Well, you know, I don't trust nobody. You don't get something, so I didn't know. <laughs> the, that fucking the next day, I get up at six in the morning and as I'm peeing. I mean, guys, I'm not lying to you. I take off my little fat sleep apnea mask on, and as I'm peeing, I'm like, "Fucking Yoshi, did he make it home?" I really am. I've known Yoshi since '95 in Seattle. Yeah. He was a kid when he came from Japan. I go in, I call him, no fucking answer. I'm like, he's dead. And all of a sudden, right back, he called. I'm like, Yoshi, what's up? He's like, hi, right, Joey, I'm fine. I go, how long did it take you to get home? He goes, I just got home. It was <laughs> 6 in the fucking morning. It took him eight hours to get home from Brad and Beverly Hills. But the clinker was that he went to Carl's Jr. Did he tell you that story? He, he couldn't hit a hard time finding the drive through He yeah. kept and driving he called circles. the employee and told him to come out. <laughs> That's the clinker. He could not find the door, so he went on his iPhone, called Carl's Jr. and said, listen. Give me everything on the menu. Come on out. I'll give you cash. <laughs> Gave the guy like 90 fucking dollars. <laughs> wait, wait. He, there was no drive-thru open? He there was. He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. He just kept He doing, kept driving around He was it. so fucked up. He was, so he was fucked like, up. where do you pay here? There's nowhere to pay. So he called him and was like, I can't find how to pay. Come out and let me order from you. And they were like, what? Just during the drive-thru. He's like, I can't find it. So they came out to the parking lot and went to the window. I guess it's like a community service at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the show to pitch. Yeah. Well, that's the show I want to pitch. Like, have a buffet every week 
and put like a certain product out there with THC and just wait to see what happens. You know, like, but, yeah, like, I love you to say it's your thing, but Bert, yeah, we travel in the same circles. We go to a lot of these sort of dog and pony shows that we have to do and like the meet and greets and whatever. If one of the hors d'oeuvres like has acid or, or something in it, will you let me know? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the nod. <clears throat> you know, like, I, not I, those. I, often, I always think of that when I go to Starbucks, and I'm like, why, why, why wouldn't some lunatic just put a drop of acid in that on the half and half? Or like, you know, like why wouldn't they? Dude, don't just, put that shit on your podcast because someone will and now. If I've thought of it, everyone have thought of it. So I hadn't like, thought of it, <laughs> and I've done acid. <laughs> On sugar cubes, on bits of paper. <laughs> really? Oh my god! I watched snow melt. I watched. It was my freshman year. Of you can do that off acid too. <laughs> yeah, but not like not. It's not the same thing. You can't watch it on a molecular level. Like you can. <laughs> I watched the story of snow. It took for, and it, I kept hearing um, uh, American Beauty by Grateful Dead Tremendous. in my head, like on loop, uh, like again and again. It was like that one that one year in college when I was like. I'm gonna shake off the dust of this yeshiva, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take some drugs and watch Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, I did that many times. Second Roy, Second Roy, yeah, you start the album. Play. Yeah, you used to week. do a lot of drugs in college. You OD'd, right? Yeah. Do you talk about that? Oh my god! I guess I will now. <laughs> you OD'd? Yeah. yeah, I OD'd when I was a freshman. I took uh, Viverin. Uh, what I take? I took what? Well, took some E, then I took. Uh, uh, GHB, but I took a huge dose. Yeah, basically took like eight doses in one shot. Isn't that a horse tranquilizer GHB? No, no. It's it used actually, to be. You used to be able well, to take ketamine. it. That's ketamine. special ketamine. Yeah, yeah. That's, You used to be able to take GHB and go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. You want a beer? Yeah. Is this the place that the man caves do is made for you? Yeah, this is the man caves. This is it. Um, <laughs> he's like, I thought it was gonna be nicer. Not at all. No, no, no. I was supposed to get one, and I I lived in a shitty basement apartment. Um. Uh, sure. I don't have a vagina on your podcast here. I would prefer something non-alcoholic, but um, no, oh, then again, no. you got Girl Scout cookies in here. Do you have anything non-alcoholic in here? Or no. No, I, I actually don't. Then I'll just have a beer. <laughs> <clears throat> so wait, yeah, yeah, you were gonna do a man cave, right? No, then they said there wasn't enough room. It was a one-bedroom apartment. I don't know how there's not enough room in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, here you go. That's so wait, like so here. Tom, you OD? I'm sorry. Back to the OD. Fuck the you OD? Yeah. Um, I took a bunch of GHB. And then I drank a lot. I drank like fifteen vodkas. And Holy then shit! The alcohol and the GHB are like a fatal combo. So fifteen vodkas. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty heavy. So, but the worst part is that the reason I had so much GHB in me is because normally you take GHB. We we, we would buy it in water bottles, and and a dose like a hit would be filling up the cap. So that's like when you take a water bottle cap. Yeah. It's like it's literally like it's just a splash. And the guy who I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this uh, ecstasy, you know, he was like, well, I got some GHB in the car. But he had it in a milk jug before he put it in water bottles. So it's, a, you know, a full yeah, – yeah, yeah. like it's too heavy to like like tip into a thing. So I just put it to my mouth and went like <clears> – and then I realized I had a huge mouthful. And you couldn't spit out his drugs. To be cur- – like to be yeah. – <laughs> How does GH – is it a liquid GHB? Liquid, yeah. Yeah, it's liquid. I mean – It's like that Woody Allen when he sneezes in the cocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I did it to not be – it's, it's a, like a – It was like a shot glass full? Is that how much – You're supposed to take – you're, you're supposed to take a water bottle cap full. And I ended up act- like getting too much in my mouth and I can't spit it out. 
So I just swallowed like eight doses. Oh, because you took it straight from the bottle. Straight from a, a milk jug. Yeah. A he had it he had it in a milk GHB. jug of GHB before he distributed it. You know, he was gonna fill up smaller bottles with it. So after that hit me, I was like fucking sky high and then I just passed out, woke up woke just up. Just woke like, up in a hospital? In a hospital strapped down with tubes and all kinds of shit. No. Like Yeah, and I just I'm looking at the ceiling, all I see is light ceiling light and I'm like, Where the fuck am I? And literally like a movie, a doctor comes into frame, like on my left. And then she goes, uh, "Hey, you might not. You're, you're in the hospital right now. You overdosed on drugs." And I was like, "Holy shit!" And then into my right side, both of my parents come in the frame, oh. and I was like, <laughs> "And and they're like, you've been in the hospital for like twelve hours. You were in a coma, but you're out of it now. And there's you know you're strapped down because you have." Tubes going in so you don't uh, – you can resist you know, the urge to pull tubes out. That's why your arms are strapped down. And you got liquid charcoal being pumped into your stomach because that makes like the drugs – absorbs the drugs. And then you, you can't digest that, so you vomit. So you vomit up any more drugs. So all my eyes are totally bloodshot. And then they give you a pen and paper, but you, can, you have to like scribble. So they're like, what did you take? Because they're still trying to figure out what I took. And I write like – Heroin, and they're like seriously, and I'm like J.K. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. And then they're like, what is it for real, Dick? So, seriously. <laughs> so I start writing the drugs that I took, and then my parents are there, and like I could just see how. It's is there the any part feeling. that wants to doctor the list in front of your parents, like just a, a few vodkas? Oh no! Dot 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 dot. <laughs> they come back to me later with with a crazy toxicology report, but. So my parents are like um, standing there, and so I at that see, point it was it was GHB. It was GHB, alcohol, and ecstasy, and the, and but they're like the fatal d- combination is the alcohol. And you GHB. smoked any herb at all? No, I hadn't. Oh yeah, it'll. I mean, you know, it, it's it's used. GHB is used as an anesthetic in, in like a. It has been used as that in Europe. You so could like, use GHB. It was legal when I was could, in high school. Yes, it was legal. You could take it. Yeah, and, and it would and it would put you to it was a sleeping sedative that burned fat while you slept. Yes, yeah. that was what it was in, initially meant for. I never took it, but I remember people saying they could get it at GNC. Dude, if you want to hit, this is the worst part of the of Clearly, the OD. Look, when look at my physique, you know I've taken it. <laughs> <laughs> if I it read. would, I'd be nodding off on this fucking couch. <laughs> I got fucked up. Though. I'd wake up looking like Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, yeah, on on, on comedy store. I used to date this girl at the comedy store. Stanhope introduced me to her. There was his neighbors. You know how you meet people in LA, you don't know who the fuck you're meeting half the time. Yeah. And they drive like a little car, but their dad is somebody fucking huge. This is Mick Jagger's manager's daughter. For her 21st birthday, he bought her two uh, blockbuster videos. Really? This chick was just spoiled rotten, and I hadn't seen her since she lived next to Stanhope. And I bumped into her one night. She took me back to her place. I mean, we had like a Sunday-only relationship for like a year. But she had cabinets full of drugs. From heroin to fucking, I mean, I OD'd over there one time too. I mean, I must have eaten 30 fucking Valiums over there on a Sunday night eight-ball fucking run we made. But she was big into GHP. She'd come to the store on Sunday nights and drink it out of a water bottle. And one night, I remember drinking like half the fucking thing going back to her house. Oh. We were having sex, but I kept waking up like... It was like we were fucking and sleeping. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like one minute you're snoring, the next minute you're fucking. It was. I did it like two or three times. I knew it wasn't for me. I mean, 
I never did GSP. No, I know it wasn't. I used to do it in class. I mean, in uh, in high school, we would just, we started doing it my senior year in high school. What was it? Uh, GHB. GHB. We would do it uh, at lunch, and then for the second half of you know the afternoon of classes, you'd be high, and it's like a permagrin kind of drug. We, we always used to say that because you're literally the whole time you're like. Like, really? No matter what happens, can so you retain anything? Can you function at all? You really? can function, yeah. You can totally function, but you're. It's like, it's basically in the right dosage. If, it, if you're not, if you didn't take too much, it was like the perfect buzz. Like imagine if you're drinking and you hit a perfect like where you feel good, like you actually physically feel good, and you're just wanting to have fun. You know, if you could dose that correctly, it's kind of like that. But you feel it everywhere. I mean, so it's really. So what was the toxicology report? Yeah, what was the thing you were gonna say? You're like, you're like, well, here's the real. Oh, record. oh yeah, this is this is I'm t- like the most depressing part. Is like, I'm looking, I'm strapped. I got tubes in, and they're giving me this pen. You know, I'm writing this chicken scratch, and I'm like, so the, my concern, looking at my parents, I write, are you mad at me? Because you know, I'm like, I just and I looking at their face, and I'm like, and you can't talk. I can't talk, and they read it, and my dad goes, no, just disappointed, and I was like, couldn't you save that for later? <laughs> Right now, you gotta tell me right let now. Let down, let down in my son. Super let down in you right now. Just oh, fuck. wondering if your mother had a longer coat hanger. <laughs> Things might Are have been different. You mad at me? Yeah. yeah. yeah we, <laughs> you really like. I hope down. my kids never overdose. I hope my kids oh don't my get God, any drugs. Yeah. No, that's wow. no, yeah. Let me, let me aim go. high, but that's like really, that's, I just hope they don't get into drugs. Yeah, I'm, seriously, it's I'm, what is. I love the way that how Ramus says it in uh, Knocked Up. No pills, no powders. If it comes out of the earth, it can't be all that bad. I, I think I don't even want him to drink. So what I'm doing is I'm drinking aggressively because sometimes that turns people off. From it. Yeah, yeah. I figure I'm being a humanitarian here. Like, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I hope that like I was playing fucking monkey in the middle with him the other day. And we were having so much fun. Mm-hmm. In my head, I was like, I should get a glass of wine. Like, the, you know, just have a f- little wine, and then we could do this even longer. Why did that happen, bro? I, cause, and, then, <laughs> and then I went, how fucking sad is that? And then I go, I'm having, we're having a blast. But my brain went, we should get a glass of wine. Like, real quick, just, you know, go get a glass of wine. And I was like, I hope to God that they never have to fucking do that. Like, just, and that's not, you know, I'm not saying that's about weed. Like, when you're high, high in college, you could throw a Frisbee. You're like, this would be so much better high. But fucking throwing Frisbee is fun. I don't know. I'm just trying to be a great parent. All right, next subject. Next <laughs> subject. Right, so, oh, wait, I'll tell you about the, the toxicology. So a few days later, I moved to, like, ICU. But I'm like, you know, uh, I have, like, I see you the, 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 the worst of the tubes is out. Like, is that how they well. welcome you? Welcome <laughs> to I see you. <laughs> actually covering your eyes again. <laughs> I see you. This doctor comes in the frame. <laughs> Good news. I see you. And then. Uh, <laughs> That's how you come out of the coma. It's the first thing they say. No, so wait. So so you get the. Oh, yeah, so the doctor, the doctor's like, oh, he's like, so. And then if the guy's a complete vegetable, they can put their eyes over, hands over his eyes and go, you're in. You see me. <laughs> <laughs> so go, wait, go back to your toxicology so, University <laughs> of California, me. You see me. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> The doctor's like, oh, you said, you know, you just took these whatever, two drugs or whatever, right? And I like the, the actual CGHP. I was like, yeah, alcohol. He's like, well, here's your toxicology. He's like, first of all, basically, it's super good that you're fat because, uh, <laughs> like, you wouldn't, like, a skinny person wouldn't be alive right now with what's in your. <laughs> well, if I was skinny, I wouldn't need to take these to hang out with chicks. <laughs> I tell him, he's basically telling me, like, this is, like, the best. 
This is like the one really good argument to be 245 pound 18 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Is that you're alive now? Because like he's like this is so much is in you. And I had basically every every drug class. Really? Yeah. They're like you got opiates. uh, What is it? Bar bar barbiturates. barbiturates. Uh, there's like there's you know your t- your text oh, you're you're testing off the charge for cocaine for you know oh did he go back or, like a month and they tell you like what's in your system you had cocaine from like previous parties no 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 this is all from from oh, that from are you that, serious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because everything was spiked no no, no. everything the the gh that was, that was the problem with ghb is you were getting you you were never buying pure ghb real ghb is is like made in a lab from a, a real chemist and this you were buying street version. GHB that people would throw shit into, so you were never getting the real thing. That's why everybody was really super fucked up and ODing on it was because they were getting tons, tons of, drugs. of shit. Yeah, I called my little sister Cotty when she was in college. I go, listen, I, was, I think Cotty? I was. In, uh, yeah, oh, she's gotten- what's that? No, her Cotty? name is Cotty. no, her name's Cotty. Oh, I thought that was like a, a drug thing. No, I called. No, I called my little sister. I called my sister Cotty when Oxycontin. she was in Oxycontin. Yeah, I called Oxy <laughs> when she was in college, and I, I. And I said to her, uh, listen, um, I don't know if you're going to do ecstasy, but I'm, I'm in New York doing stand-up at the time. I'm like, I don't know if you're going to do ecstasy. I don't know what you do, but um, I bought this thing on the internet. It's called Dance Safe. It's to t- tell if you have clean ecstasy so because a lot of people are getting dirty shit. And I, I don't need to know. All I want you to know is that you have this and you can, you know, just to be safe. And she was like, who does fucking ecstasy? And I was like... Uh, I guess we did a lot when we were in college. And she was like, no one's doing ecstasy right now. I don't need it. Don't send it. I'm not doing ecstasy. And then I was like, God, I look like a fucking dirtbag. I should have asked her first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You never OD'd? Even on heroin? But Jesus fucking Christ, like... Uh, you know, I only did ecstasy three times, maybe twice. You know, I was too old. When ecstasy got released, I was already in my fucking late 30s. So what did I give a fuck about it? You know, I had done so much. You know, the way I look You never did ecstasy? I probably did ecstasy two or three times. I did it once with Pablo Francisco in Miami. One time with uh, Ricky up at the comedy store. And that's it. Never really. No, I didn't get it. I didn't. The way I looked at it was I already had enough problems with blow and pills. <laughs> why add ecstasy to the fucking mix? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Should be we honest. just lost Adam. I just, you know. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, I already eat enough egg rolls and pizza. Joey is one of those honest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. You know, the first time I met him, he was like, dog, you ever break into a chick's house on a quaalude and eat a pussy? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I never. Those are the oh, first I, words. I can't believe we didn't go back to this. When you're talking about how you learn about dogs and their aggression from being a burglar right so did you ever break into a place and have to like get a dog to chill i had a i had never had a problem with a dog i was always scared of him and there was this bookmaker a spanish bookmaker on, on, on hudson on 58th street and hudson avenue in north in west new york new jersey <coughs> i knew i had to rob this guy i went to pay him one night and he had you know how people have cabinets for towels yeah. Like towels. This guy opened his closet and there was a cash register. Like all the shelves were like 50s, 20s, and 100s. This is where he conducted his business for sports betting. Yeah. And I'm like, this motherfucker's going down. <laughs> and I just gave him a few weeks. I kept betting with him. Me and my buddy Stinky were going to rob this guy. And there was a German shepherd behind the fucking uh, 
this place. <laughs> now, guys, I got no reason to lie to you. I was broke. It was 1983. I'm living in a basement with my buddy. And we're robbing shit and selling it and hanging out of the bar. There was no jobs then. Nobody worked then. Yeah. And we cased joints in the daytime. So I would case this joint. I'd wake up. I'd have like six bucks. I'd buy a Whopper Junior, give it to the dog. I wouldn't even eat. <laughs> I would fucking buy food for the dog for this whole week just to case the joint. And I'd jump the fence, play with the dog a little while, get closer. I'd rip up the Whopper Junior in his fucking food bowl. I had a Goombas. You're greasing the dog. I'm greasing the dog. I'm there for a fucking week and a half feeding this dog, bringing him milkshakes, the whole fucking thing, right? Bringing him milkshakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was 18 at the time, though. I figured out was it. How to get to a man's heart is through his fucking stomach. Dogs driving around the girls, so Jr. I kept bringing this dog food, food, food. So came to Saturday night, we're going to rob this fucking guy. I go back there. I'm just about to bust in the fucking window, and the cops pull up. I hear when they break, when they broke, the thing went whoop. I yeah. a little light. They, the cop fucked up. And my the lookout, Stinky, he was getting food, the fat fuck that he was. There was a Cuban joint. He went in there. To get food, and I'm like, what the fuck is stinky? And sure enough, I see the cops walking with the flashlights. So I had to jump over a fence, and that's where the German Shepherd was. I go, I got this. Once the cops walk past me, I just jump over. I got the Shepherd. By the time they know what hit him, the Shepherd will bite them. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped the fence. It's nighttime. The motherfucker don't remember me. <laughs> he starts chasing me like I owe him 20 bucks to the fucking end. <laughs> to the end. And there's an A&P next to the guy's house. I'm cornered now. Cops jump the fence. They're chasing. I got the cops and the dog chasing me. I felt so hurt from the dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt so fucking betrayed. Not even that we didn't even get to rob the guy's house. To this day, to this day, I had gloves on. And I got my hands caught in <coughs> a barbed wire. I still got the fucking scar. None of that pissed me off. <laughs> was the, the as dog. much as that, that fucking dog, the loyalty turned. <laughs> Like all week, I gave him my last fucking burger. You understand? <laughs> if you give a fucking uh, a guy that's dying your last burger, I'll give you something, something, a toenail. This dog showed me nothing, the motherfucker that he was. I thought about going back there and killing this motherfucker. If I didn't. You know, but Cubans honor their dogs and shit. He was a shepherd. I couldn't kill him out of respect. But till this day, I'm fucking pissed at that dog. But now he's dead anyway. Fuck him. <laughs> he's a shepherd. Any other breed, you're fucking dead no, to me. No, I fucking killed him. But he was a shepherd. <laughs> he was a good dog. He was doing his job. You fucking shelter, you're dead. <laughs> and I could never kill a dog or something. I can, like yeah, I couldn't. Then another time, I robbed his house, and the people had a cat. I didn't get attacked by the cat. My buddy got attacked by the cat. And to me, that was one of the funniest things because you never prepare for that. Yeah. You prepare for cops. You prepare for black people. You prepare for leopards. You never prepare for a fucking cat. Yeah. She would weigh the blow in a room. We thought it's because she didn't want us to see us weighing the blow. No. She had the cat back there. So we went to rob her. My buddy's like, where do I go? I go, when you go in there, go to the room. That's where she's got the blow. I was downstairs because she lived on the second floor. And we could hear the cat attacking my friend. Till this day, when I talk to that same guy, he always goes to me, you know, motherfucker, I still got the cat claws in my head from that fucking day. Because the cat jumped out of his head and started pulling up on the scalp. You, you, you can't fight a cat. This. You can't write this shit. He kept coming to the balcony going, I'm jumping. And we're like, don't jump. We'll fucking kill you, cocksucker. Get back in there. And he's trying to pull the cat off his fucking head. And the cat's like one claw would pop out, but then the other one would go even deeper. You know what happens when you yeah. pull your cat off the front? Yeah, the fucking. One always goes, but the one stays in there. It ripped him fucking apart. He still has little things in his fucking. That's when you headbutt a wall. Oh, oh if you have a cat on your head, you have to headbutt a wall. 
I, I, I don't know. I'm, I really don't. I don't know. I, when I was walking up to your house, it was very apprehensive. I saw a little orange cat. Uh, you, see, uh, yeah, uh, Gus, Gus. daughter behind uh, you. Do not open these doors. I will not. I will not. But, uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw you have two awesome dogs. And uh, my, my family dog just passed away. So anytime I get a chance to, like, play with a dog, that's why I came in with the pooch last time. Yeah. Like, what, did so you meet Priscilla? Awesome. Yeah, the big one. I just saw her, but but she was locked up. She what was kind of dog is that? bull mastiff. That's beautiful. She's fucking. I heard she's a puppy. Yeah. Yeah, she's. Uh, fucking oh yeah, she yeah she's scared. Dog. She'll scare that. She scares a lot of fucking people. Like that's I don't know. Big dog, that's a man. Big fucking dog. Yeah, we had the we had the exterminator come here yesterday. Yeah. And Priscilla, uh, like, tried to like sneak her head out the door, but her head's so big. The second you can't like you got to like <coughs> fight it back. And he got, yeah, he got, he got terrified. He goes, hey, man, can you put your dog up? I was like, oh, she's up. And he's like, no, 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 lock the back doors. Like, if I'm going to be around this house, that needs to be up. You know, the other like, thing is those paws, man. Those are like bear paws. Yeah. She gets enormous. right up. She gets right up in your face. One of my, uh, my godfathers has a, has a great Dane, big great Dane called Latka. Latka just passed, but Latka was like Marmaduke. And, you know, when Latka would stand up, Latka was taller than a man. So she'll take you down to Chinatown, and I heard that your dog will knock people over. Oh yeah, she'll knock she'll knock dudes over, and it's so funny to see like she's real, especially all my comic friends. She's real like timid around, and like she'll stare. Like her and Duncan, she, we did a podcast in here, Duncan's podcast, and she, Duncan, you know, Duncan comes in with the beard and the hat and his glasses, and he's like, "Hey man," <laughs> and Pris is like, "I don't like this energy," and just starts following him, just like ghosting him and Duncan's walking quicker and quicker he gets in here she stood at this door and stared at him for the entire podcast just stared at Duncan I was like I was like Pris he's a good guy <laughs> look yeah so yeah. wait do you where do you live where do you live Brooklyn New York in Brooklyn you grow yeah. up in Brooklyn yeah really uh huh what's up Moby and where do you live now <laughs> Brooklyn New York Still. root to the fruit no shit. Same like Biggie says. Same number, same hood. It's all good. Seriously, I lived. I moved up. The place that I wanted fucking man caves to do for me. I lived in a one bedroom basement apartment, and my my window was about the size of that that shelf right there. It was actually a little bit smaller, and all I had a view over the bottom of the garbage cans and people's feet. So like I used a glass brick and like mirror, trying to like transmit what little sunlight I had through my house. And uh, I lived in this little apartment, and so when I got my show, I literally just moved up a floor like George and Wheezy. And now I have both. And Man Caves, apparently they sent their scout. He was like, oh, I don't know, space is too tight. I'm like, it's a whole apartment, Jack. Like, yeah, you kidding me? New York's people, I think people's perspective is different, especially they like, come out here to L.A., and they're like, like my friends that are like living like Colorado or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, this is great." But you can totally tell in their house. They're like, "Your whole family lives in here." I met Jason, Jason. Cameron. Yeah, I yeah. met him at for the Directv stuff that we all did in New Orleans for the Super Bowl, and uh, he told me about building your, your man cave. Was it a good experience? Yeah, it was fucking great. It was the greatest thing. I think that yours didn't happen, and I think I think I got the money for both of them because this fucking they did not have this planned at all, and then they just were like. Kept adding and adding and adding. They offered to, like, build these sets via, like, satellite and then, like, send me the pieces. And I was like, what? Like, you'll build me a bar and send me a bar? That doesn't mean no good. 
it's a full apartment, then they could do something. And I called them out in front of like the, the DirecTV folks in New Orleans. Well, you, Jason's cool though. You get along. He's too. awesome. Yeah, Jason's great. So is Goose. Do you know Goose? I don't know Goose. Goose and I have corresponded, and I've actually uh, in Tom's River, New Jersey. There's a Holiday Inn that we stayed at. Dimitri Martin's shot home. The, uh, is it? Yeah, Dimitri Martin's from Tom's River. We shot at the Holiday. We stayed at the Holiday Inn while we shot the Jersey Shore episode. And uh, he has a restaurant or a restaurant he invested in next door. It's got a big Syracuse jersey over the thing. But, I mean, not for nothing. It's a whole like it's a whole apartment. It's got running water and gas and a full stove. Like the notion of doing a bar and grill, that's what I want. I want like sort of a bar and grills kind of screening room thing. And I want three three particular beers on tap. Which beers can you say? I want Guinness. Yeah. I want Bear Republic Racer 5 IPA out of Healdsburg, California. Don't know that one. And I, then I thought about the third. I thought about I need to go like an ale. Like, and I was thinking like bass. But then my friend last night made a really good point. It might be cool to be able to have like ice cold Asahi or Sapporo at any time. Ooh, I can That's, always go right? for Asahi. Because they're just the crisp. They'll go with a steak. They'll go with a pizza. They'll go with fucking <laughs> cannabis pretzels. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just think that, like, you know, you could always do something, something like Bud, but I think, like, if you have frosted mugs and you have these guys building you bar systems and I see you've got a draft system. Yeah. Do you have a keg in there? No, just beers. Uh, the keg, keg, oddly enough, keg raters are great for parties. They're horrible for everyday use because you put a keg in there. They go flat. Blue moon. And, no, it just it doesn't last forever. And so, like, and I'm on the road so much, I come back and then I – and then your lines go bad. You got to keep the lines active. So it's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's great for parties. You have a party and you put a keg in, and it's like you don't have to worry about beers or trash or. Can you just? Are there services that you could like come in, have them clean? Yeah, yeah. You, you have to get a guy come in and clean the lines for you. But uh, it's it's cool. This fucking man cave is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And when they did the reveal, I came in, and Goose, you know, they it's typical fucking television they're ready and they're like all right we're ready for them go get them so then the two hosts is how we do it on triplet <coughs> two hosts jason and goose come over to me and leanne like we're at the front of the driveway and they're like all right we're ready and then they walk up and they hold there and goose looks at me and he goes don't fucking cry i go what and he goes i know you i know you're gonna cry when you see this don't fucking cry and i was like i won't i won't i won't and i was like what how good can it be and mind you this was a fucking this was a p this was a teardown and we walked around and we see the doors and we see the pavers. We see the fucking cat. We see everything. And I'm like, the before we even got out here, just looking at the outside work, this house was a fucking mess when we bought it. They fucking did the whole backyard. There's a shower right there. There's fucking, they put pavers all around. And then I see the, these doors and I know we wanted to do that in our house, but we couldn't afford them. And I saw these doors and I was like, fuck. And then they, and they had this all draped off and. I opened the door and I saw it and I fucking literally started welling up and Goose is right next to me going, don't fucking cry. Don't. It's awesome, man. It's really awesome what they yeah, did. It, was, it was great. Yeah, they did amazing work. No, wait. What's your new show, Adam? The new show... Because um, we, we are Travel Channel employees. We are Travel Channel employees. And we it's, conduct it's ourselves really as cool. such at all times. I will know. You know, it's really cool because if you think about it, you know, I mean, just just... Two years before you, maybe two, I think two years, three, maybe three tops. I was the new jet, and um, you came in, and um, I had seen the spec for your show, 
and I teased Danny, and I was like, Dan Adler's already. Dan Adler. Dan Adler. I auditioned for Man vs. Food for Dan Adler. Actually, at Katz's Deli, my final screen test. Truth. And I love this guy, and he's to know him is to love him. And uh, I saw the spec thing on his desk, and I was like. Kind of like all butt hurt, and I was like, "What is this man versus ride? Like it's structured the same way." It was really close. And <laughs> so, Dan's like, "Not that." And he's like, "Look, your show works as a personality. You guys see this guy." And I saw the trailer, and it's Bert going up in this uh, roller coaster. Top of the You actually see him almost weep and mouthing, "Oh fuck!" And and then it got stuck up there. Uh huh. It got stuck. They shoot you off at 124 miles an hour. Up like 410 feet. I already remember. I still remember my read. And then you get to the top, and it, you're supposed to crest over it and come back. The ride takes 13 seconds. It's a whole ride. So we shoot off, and we go up, and we get up to the top, and it hits the top, and it sticks, and it stops. It fucking the perfect shot. And I start losing my mind, and I start going like fucking full blown. I start yelling "fuck you" to the crew because I figured they did this on purpose because they want a great fucking pilot. Yeah. And then I start "fuck no," and I start having like like convulsing in my chair and I give it enough momentum to roll backwards and it goes back to the front and we got to do it fucking again. And we got stuck on that ride four times because they couldn't get the weight right because we were shooting and we had cameras. So they couldn't get four fucking times. I rolled back on that fucking ride. You really do panic. Oh, <laughs> and, and I got to say, man, not for nothing. You know, I was like, I enjoy this guy and I enjoy this guy because as a host, there's something you get. I think Andrew gets it. I think Tony gets it. The crux of being a good host is being a good guest. Am I right? If yeah. you're a good guest, you invite the audience in with you. If you're a host and you sort of impose a personality, then you're a bull in a china shop. Yeah, I never really looked at it that way. But now that you say that, when you go to someone's restaurant, you're a guest. And if you're a good guest, in you go their, in their, whatever you're doing, like for me, if it's going to a theme park or going to someone's backyard swing if you're a good guest and people like you at the place then it translates and you're a good host think about if you're watching it through that window like that as a window not a, not that as a tv and it's like you'd much rather watch a guy being like great because the more he learns and is gracious and appreciative the more we can learn and be gracious and appreciative like you know the shot that really got me with you i don't know what episode it was you were on a trolley with some little kid yeah. And I love the fact that it was because it was something like kind of narcissistically. I probably am like I would have done the same joke, but like <laughs> he, uh, he he's like he's talking to this little kid. He's like, you look back on this day, and you'll see being you'll be like I party with that guy. He was a cool guy. And it's like kids like six years old, and Bert's like, you'll be looking at me, you'll be like I party with that guy. <laughs> that guy and I had a good time. That kid did not get it. It was like he, and he didn't French. get it. Like he just looked at me like. Bert didn't give up the joke, and it was so great. It was just so because he wasn't disrespecting the kid at all. Who does a bad job of what you're talking about, like as a host? There are people, but I if I not I, on travel I channel, don't, yeah, not on travel channel. But let's let's go through and rat out some bad hosts. I don't know, no, no. I know that this. Come on, I'll get in. Let's go around the room. Yeah. I won't. I won't. I won't uh, Tom used to tell a bad host that you think a bad host that I think, and I'll and I'll tell you if if that's an accurate or if I haven't seen them or if I think they're. I have to think of, I mean, host. I can think of, uh, um, what's it called? Louis Anderson on Family Feud was kind of special. Yeah, yeah that was not good. <laughs> 
yeah, he was all over the map. And Lou's a friend of mine, but he was not the best Family Feud host. Magic Johnson was a notable Magic host, Johnson right? was a horrible host. Yeah, he was a horrible host. But that was, not, that was more because well, he was trying to sort of impose a personality, like you're saying. But well, he was Magic also, Johnson had a talk show, though, right? That's what we're saying, Yeah, that's though. what we're saying. He was a he horrible, was horrible host. And, and admits to it. It's not like we're saying something that nobody would, you know, <clears throat> so we would disagree with. But he also didn't know how to engage conversation like he just he it wasn't so much his personality he didn't like you're like he doesn't know what he's doing he, he, yeah it wasn't well there's a, there's a moment of like especially hosting live live television or live talk shows where your brain's kind of scrambling to fit whatever you're trying to say into a sound bite so that you can get the other guy to reply in a four-minute interview did you ever see his interviews what he, he would do in an interview no like what he did a hundred times is basically like if you came out he'd be like we got adam richmond man versus food Give it up, and everybody would clap. And you come out and be like, "Hey, man!" You're like, "Hey, man!" He'd be like, "Man, like, you really? That's a good show you got, man." Thank you, you Magic. Like, Thank you, Magic. Yeah, I, man, like I watch. Sh- I like watch your show too, ah, man. man. I like you too, Magic. I watch you do your show, and it's like it's a lot of food, man. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it is a lot of food. It is, but it's fun, man. Sometimes I'm like, nah. I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes I watch it too. And sometimes, like, I'll talk about it with my producers and I'll go, you know, I don't know, that's that's pretty intense. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it does make for great TV. And it's, it's, it's fun to show these local places. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's a lot of food, man. <laughs> <laughs> sure is, Magic. That's a lot of food. Sometimes but you know it. What's that? When you eat it, sometimes they're like, man, he's going to be sick after that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people think that. A lot of people, when they see Man vs. Food Magic, they think they think that, like, oh, you must puke after every show. But, like, I'd have no teeth to talk to you right now if I did. He he, he on the dookie shoot all night on that one. <laughs> no. <Wow>. Not really. <laughs> Wait, are you the side guest? <laughs> Yeah, he knows. He knows. Yeah, it is a lot of food, but like uh, not as much dookie shoot time as you might think. A lot less. Man. I will be right back. (laughs) (laughs) That was phenomenal. Oh, man. The only way that could have been better is if I came to Bert's house in a DeLorean. (laughs) Like, I I came all the way back to the magic show. What about the Arsenio Hall phenomenon? Because the thing is, like, remember. It's coming back, right? That's coming back. It's coming back? Well, well, Arsenio had, remember on Entertainment Weekly, there was that famous quote of him saying, I'm going to kick Leno's ass. Because he had come to prominence right when Johnny turned the reins over to Jay. And there was a quote, there was a picture of Arsenio like this, popping his collar in a black leather jacket. And it says, I'm going to kick Leno's ass, was the direct quote. Wait, how did he, what happened to him? Why did he get off the air? He had a success. Exactly, but there that's, was a that's, huge, that's the That thing. was a huge controversy, right? When, well, he, when the show left? Well, it, it wasn't the whole thing. I mean, I think that it, it, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, it also, it wasn't just a matter of controversy. It, 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 was, it was hugely popular. And then I think that it, it just couldn't sustain itself. I don't think people wanted to bark anymore. I don't think. Oh, I remember but that. He oh, was, oh, 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 but yeah. I, I watched it religiously. Channel oh, Nine, yeah. WOR, yeah. back in New York. That was my, that was my, at a Secaucus, New Jersey. That was it. Arsenio Hall at nine. There's a rhyme in Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. The song called "What mm-hmm. What's Channel Nine If It Doesn't Have Arsenio?" Yeah. 
like it was really interesting because yeah, he was tremendous. But then Dennis Miller got his show. It was I remember it was Letterman, Dennis Miller, Leno had just taken over the Tonight Show, and then um, and then Arsenio Hall. And, and who was he? Who was his band leader? Didn't he have a certain? It was a, I think it was a young DMX. Sheila E. Was his band leader? No, it was, I, it was DMX. That's DMX. how I got to start. You didn't know that, John? No. No, John doesn't listen to much hip hop. Yeah, DMX was a he's a trumpet player originally by trade. <laughs> no, John. <I'm> just... <laughs> the D stands for dizzy. <laughs> he was a trumpet, trumpet player right now. Man, DMX is one of the most fucking fascinating human beings in the world. I've heard many, many stories about. Uh, Y'all can't see me. About yeah. like Kevin. Yeah. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's his dog. Uh, he loves. Yeah. Boomer. I, I had a great joke. You ready? I had a great joke right when I first started doing stand up because I was obsessed with DMX and I kept saying, "It sounds like he has." What? Ah, hey. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, man." What are we gonna do? We're gonna go to Wendy's. What? 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 <laughs> and the guy, and and I and I would do this joke about him having DMX or having Tourette's. And uh, one, uh, some co- black comic was like, "Man, I like that joke." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." Next time, the guy's doing the exact joke verbatim. Over. Yeah, but he was much bigger than me, and he had been to prison. So I was like, "Okay, your joke, it's all man. yours, buddy." The best DMX story is when he got arrested. I think he got arrested at JFK. You know about that? By, by impersonating a police officer? A federal officer. Yeah. And he was like, I'm a federal officer. <laughs> They're like, no, you're DMX, man. Like, we know who you are. Oh, did you ever hear him? Did you ever hear him be interviewed about why he did that? No. Oh, he's on like the, the morning show, the breakfast club and 106 and park or one, you know, in, in New York, whatever it is, it's all black. And they like, so DMX, you got, I heard that you got your driver's license suspended. And he's like, No. And they're like, what? Well, he goes, I drove here today. And then his friends are like, well, hold on. And he's like, you're not allowed to drive. He's like, yeah, they took it away, but it's not suspended. And then, <laughs> and so then, and then they're like, then they're like, but you, you, you have, you're, you're a pretty bad driver. He goes, no, I'm a great driver. I'm a great driver. If that dude just would pull over, I needed to show him some respect. And they're like, you felt fed, you impersonated an officer. And he's like, yeah, I had to. The guy wouldn't pull over, and I needed to pull him over, so I had to pretend to be a federal officer. Like, it was like, it, it was all very rational in his head. Like, this all makes sense. Have you ever heard him um, rhyme Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. Rogan introduced me to that. Yeah. Greatest fucking... What? It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. DMX singing Rudolph yeah, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Deep. I'm going to fucking get it, and you're going to listen to it. You're going to be like, shut the fuck up. Out of every time, he knows. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Get at him. Get at him. Ride or die, Santa. You know what? You know what you were saying about the host thing that I do think where it really stands out more to me than on because TV, you know, I think has a better percentage of good hosts than radio. In radio, you run into it a lot where you'll oh. meet hosts that are, are all about themselves. So they'll be like, fucking Joey Diaz is here today. And then all you hear is the host. The host is like, like he asked one question and then he takes it and then he's like, thanks for coming in. And you're like, oh, this is just like your own showcase for yourself like they don't interview the guests you know I, I will say this i did the tonight show with leno and then i did it with conan and um both really great experiences but i found leno was very much about his guests uh-huh. conan was incredibly funny but he would use you to set up his wit right um you know i i i I, I felt like he kind of like mocked me a little bit. I mean, a lot of people who watched it think, you know, and I get it, and it's cool. But he was um, really funny, but Leno said, I felt, was about setting, setting you up. up to be funny, and I felt that that was kind of his charm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I also said so Leno like came around to every dressing room, signed every all the cards himself. Really, went over each segment himself. Like Conan's producers had worked with me, and again, n- nice to a person, big pre-interview. But like Leno, man, I have to say was just uh, uh, like I f- as a host for me, yeah. I felt because it's nerve-wracking, and Leno just kind of brings you out. I have I, a very similar experience at Good Day Dallas when I go down there. Bullshit. You, you and Rachel Ray, you and Rachel Ray are like besties. You are the Michael Strahan to her Kelly Ripa. I, ooh, I would love to do a fucking show with her. Do a morning show? We're going, we're doing the Tough Mudder and then we're doing, uh, for her show. Doing, yeah. And then we're doing the Empire State run. We're running to the top of the Empire State. And How then we're going to do a morning show. Yeah, you're looking like in, in terrific shape. It's I all, thank say. you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's that cleanse I did. Fucking cleanse was great. Here's God, too. This, this is DMX. This is. Would you do us the honors of spitting off the red on the You know, dancer and dancer and prancer and vixen, comet and cupid and honor and listen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the red nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. Fucking DMF. Fucking love DMX. I need more of him. I wish I had visited him when he was in prison. <laughs> like, don't you like? Did you have an option? No, but I, I, I could have. Like, if he was just it's like, I put a hundred bucks. I put a hundred. What do they call it, Joey? In prison, when you put money in someone's, yeah, I put a hundred bucks on his books. I just want to hang out with him for a little bit, and then him just come out and be like, "What's up?" And be like, put some money in hey, his Earl. account. Yeah, I got some. I put a hundred in for cigarettes, hey, and Earl. I got you an asthma inhaler. <laughs> And he'd be like, he'd be like, so what do you want to know? Yeah, I didn't sleep all night. My brothers was talking loud, crazy loud. Joey spent some time in prison and uh, a lot all fucking night. He said, brothers talk Doing all night. Time like a motherfucker. <laughs> the brothers talk. So wait, yeah, let's just do an improv real quick. Adam, you can improv this. We're gonna all pretend we're in prison in different cells. Okay, okay, okay. okay. And then we're gonna be ourselves, or are we gonna be? Uh, you can pick what what nationality you no, want to be. Joey Joey's definitely uh, all I wanted to do was make a joke about DMX singing dreidel dreidel dreidel. <laughs> I'm like, go ahead. I'm in my own cell. Wait, okay. So cause, Joey's a black guy. Okay, Joey, you're gonna be black. You're in prison. Yo, what up? And then I'm I'll be Bert. Okay, I got I got in for like uh, tax evasion. And I'm another black guy that knows Joey. Okay, and then Adam, uh, you're gonna be. Um, you're gonna be you be you. I'll be we're gonna be Burton Adam and you guys just be two black guys in prison. Okay, <laughs> oh okay, God. all right, okay. So we're all it's like and it's late. All right, gentlemen, lights out. Yo, buns. Yo, what up, Coco? Yo, buns. Yo, Coco. Yo, it's buns. Yo, buns. Adam. Yo, Buns. Yo, it's Buns. You sleeping? Nah, man. Adam. Adam Richman. Fuck Adam, all right? (laughs) Adam ain't here, bitch. No, I'm looking for Adam. Buns, what's up? Shut the fuck up, white boy. Hey, hey, yo, Bert. (laughs) Buns, who's Bert? (laughs) No, it's me and Adam. We're speaking to each other. Shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Adam. Buns, what we doing tomorrow? Bert, let him talk. I'll talk to you in the morning. Buns, Buns, we let the sun shine. We let the sun shine all day. Buns, what'd she say? Bert, please don't talk to me. You know how it is. I have a really important question. (laughs) Coming through, trying to take that shit from me, man. Oh, Bert, they're so black. They're so black. Yo, Buns. Buns, what's up, Coco? What's your question? 
Hey, that first season of Man, Yo, man, shut the fuck up. We're having a conversation here, motherfucker. I'm talking to my friend Adam. Bro, these white motherfuckers are so rude as shit. Oh, yeah? Well, my name's Adam Richmond, and you can call my No, no, no. Rude motherfuckers. That's Bert Kreischer, Bert, Bert. Yo, Bert. Adam's dicks off and fuck your mama with a white boy. All right, end scene. <laughs> I'm so traumatized. That was the first sketch we've ever done on my podcast. I'm so <laughs> yeah, traumatized. Gonna That's going to definitely win a Webby. Or a I story. am so traumatized right now. Have you ever I felt been like I was in Oz. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we're getting a lot of fucking yeah, Joey, stuff. Joey was telling us that, like, that's one of the worst parts in prison is that. You never sleep because people just have full of all yelling from floor to floor conversation all night, every night. So you're never really resting. It'd be fucking know? exhausting. There's so many things. Like I, I got my when, – when I left Florida State, I, I, they didn't graduate me. I had to take correspondence classes back then in like 97. It was before the internet was as popular as it is now. This is so after you, your fourth year? After my sixth, seventh. Seventh year. And I go to – I go and they – I cool. sign up and they're like, these are the Florida State prison classes. Same same prison system, college degree, it's the same one. So I was taking classes like I was in prison, but I was living in New York starting stand-up. And they send you a box of books with all the questions. Like the tests are already in there and like a little blue thing. And they're like, write a, write a, pa- write a paper, uh, answer these questions. And their books like on fucking – and I was like, it was the hardest I've ever worked in school in my entire life. And I thought – this is – I would never get an education if I was in prison. I would never be able to do this work. And I'm thinking about getting raped in the prison, in the shower. Like that – on your head, how the fuck did you do schoolwork? Anyone who gets an education in college, in, in prison, I'm fucking shocked. Yeah, no, I know. And the guys get like multiple degrees. Like d- prison's so fucking hard. But you know what? They always – they're always guys that are like, we're doing life. Uh, I got locked up at 19. I'm 48. Like they've been there so long that they're like – after all these years, I'm fucked. I got raped. I'm yeah, yeah. my degree. Yeah. yeah. You know, after the fear, a while, they just go fuck it. Yeah. The initial fear is. What's gone. the best part about prison? There ain't no fucking good part to any of that shit. Like, there's not one part that you, as you were leaving, you're like, I'm going to miss that. No, no, no. It's your freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Somebody asked me that. Freedom to do anything pretty much in the The courts. World. They have great basketball courts sometimes. Yeah, like some yeah. good pickup oh, yeah. games. Oh, my God. The competition was really good. I don't have any respect for fucking anything. But I'll tell you what petrifies the shit out of me is drinking and driving. Oh, and fuck I'll yeah. tell you why. Because they take away your license. You don't know what life is when you have a car and then they take it away from you. Could you imagine if you had to walk to the fucking Ventura to catch a bus every day? And that's what the part of drinking that scares the shit out of me. That's why you don't drink? That's why I don't drink. Because I don't understand in my head how somebody could take a chance and lose their license. That the worst thing about prison isn't prison or going getting raped and all that shit. And I was in there for like two years. Nothing happens. The worst thing is a man kicking your couch and telling you you have to wake up. That's something that didn't fly with me. Just that dude hitting the stick That's on your own, like everybody away. Your says, Bert, Bert, honey, we got to take the girls to school. No. A light comes on and somebody kicks you in the fucking bed. That's what messes with you. It's your manhood. Yeah. It's not the bar. Hey, listen, that's a fucking piece of cake. Somebody brings you food on the weekends and you hang out and talk to black people. You know how fucking entertaining that is, listening to black people talk all night. You know, and just look different things. You learn different things. Yeah. You know, it's a lot scary. It's like it's like when, when you're watching TV and they talk about 
the streets of Brooklyn. You're like, what street? I got Jews down the corner, and I got more blacks up the corner than the Puerto Ricans. What street are you people talking about on CBS News? Yeah. What street do they talk about? Bert grew up on the bad streets of Florida. What streets are these people talking about? Uh, in my case, it's 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 definitely Myrtle Avenue and Fort Greene, and I would also say <laughs> what it is also probably uh, probably Bedford as far down as the uh, Bed Stuy stop. Right, Bed Stuy. You know, you have your, but it's really weird with society. Myrtle Avenue is fucking terrible. They call it Murder Avenue. Really? Yeah, it's walking distance. Nice from your place and the Barclays Center. So you can see the Rolling Stones get a Starbucks and shot. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn. I grew up on Colbert Court. Wasn't that hard? Yeah, it was. Grew up. When I first came from Cuba, we lived on 205 West 88th Street. When I, when I, moved there. I love that neighborhood. Oh, that's my favorite neighborhood in the world. I, that's, lived, that's, that's, that's I lived at 104 and West End. And my favorite restaurant in Manhattan, which closed, was a. See, I love Chino Latino food in oh, Upper Upper like West Side. On 79th or 79th? Wait, wait, but there's also. <laughs> motherfuckers don't know about But Cuban there's Chinese. Perez Caridad. Cuban Chinese food? Yeah, there's Perez Caridad. And then there's a Flor de Mayo. But the one that I love was called La Rosita. And it was on Broadway between 108 and 109, right oh. by the. When they built the Titanic Memorial, it's Duke Ellington Way. And there's Broadway, and on the west side of it, La Rosita, and it was a mix. And I got the same thing every time, tortilla con plátano maduro. So you get a plátano maduro omelet. You get their black bean soup with raw white onion. You get a negro modelo, and then they had homemade flan. And um, the whole thing could maybe cost you like eight and a half bucks. Jeez. It was ridiculous. God, it was like, and garlic, like garlic bread, homemade garlic bread. That was just wonderful. And they would use um, this Puerto Rican bread called pan sabao. It's similar to Cuban bread. Not real Cuban bread. It has the palm leaf on it. There's a place in Tampa, Aguilas. Yeah. Aguila. I think they're medianoche. I think they use great bread. Great bread on that one. What's the What's the best? Okay, we've all watched Man vs. Food. What's the one dish? But have you watched Best Sandwich in America? By the way, there is yeah, a new show. Yeah, of course I have. There is a new show, though. There is a new show. Yeah, you're doing the new show. Uh, about fans. Can you talk about it? Yeah, but no. Ask, ask me the food question. Okay, let's I'll... talk about food because I'm fucking. I have the, so many. I have a couple questions. I the reason yeah. I took the job at Travel Channel, I, this has been. No, not even took the job. The reason I took the meeting with Adler is because they produced Man vs. Food, and I was obsessed with the show. It was one of the. It was Thank one you. of those shows that I could not. I could not turn off. And if it was on, even if I had seen it, I'd watch it again. Fucking greatest show. Thank you, man. And I started using it. I think I've told you this before. I'm sure, but I started using it to travel. So, like, when I go to the road. Like, I go to Columbus, and I'd be like, well, fuck, I got to go to that fucking burger joint. Thurman's. Thurman's. I got to get the Therminator. So me and Bob Biggerstaff went to Thurman's with Dave Stroop, and we waited outside for fucking four hours. We waited four hours. No. Four hours. And all anyone was talking about was man versus food. And it was packed. Swamped. You had to, like, it was so hard to get to the table. We ended up going to another place you went to in Columbus. So, Schmidt's, Schmidt's Sausage House? Yep. And we had fucking... Uh, we That's the one I always hit. The Thurman's I can't really go to because it gets a little cray-cray. You know, but Schmidt's, man, if you're into, like, the grilled sausages, they make a spicy one called the Bahama Mama, and it's out of this world. Where's that? Where is it? Where is German that? Village in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Columbus. Okay. Oh, one second. We got to talk about this thing. So where's the only spot now in New York to get that 
Chinese Cuban type stuff. They still got the one on in Broadway. Yeah, this Perez Caridad, right, which is seventy nine. Seventy nine, seventy there a lot. Really? Maybe seventy five, seventy four. Right. But um, so I this for the rice and beans. I go to Flor de Mayo, on I think it's like Broadway in ninety six. But I usually just go to Comidas China Latino. Oh, there's also one on 14th Street on the north side of 14th between 6th and 7th or 7th and 8th. But it's on the north side, and it also says Comidas Chino Latino. It's great. It's it's like John John. I just Lucas understood like, what you're saying. Food of the Chinese and Latin people. Yeah, well, it's Com- a synthesis. You speak Spanish, Tom. Yeah. What's he saying? I, I, I exactly know. what you said. Yeah, is that what it is? That up to 1960, maybe, the biggest Chinatown was in Cuba. And Fidel still respects it. He don't fuck with it. Now, there's Cubans, that there's Chinese people that you look at, their faces, and they speak Cuban. Not Spanish. They speak, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I grew up with one that was really popular in Jersey. It was called La Campana China. It was on 57th It's not, it's been long gone. And what they served you was pork fried rice, fucking off the chain, with a pork chop, with an egg roll, and like black beans on the side. And you just say, what the fuck is this? And you explain it to people, like, Joey, are you fucking white? And I was doing children's hospital, that Uh children's hospital. And Henry Winkler was talking about that neighbor. That's where he lives. And the chick was like, I eat there all the time. I'm like, this is great that two white motherfuckers know about this. Yeah. Well, Spanish the one on 14th Street. Don't know what I'm talking about. The one on 14th Street's worth checking out. It's um, it's pretty great. Actually, it's down the street from Comics. It's um, it's they do the hack chicken thigh, fried chicken thigh, but they do it like Chinese style fried chicken fried with like the fried rice, black beans, and get tostones. Um. But I, I love that stuff. Upper West Side, that one area, the Upper West. Have you been to VNT's Pizza? No, I'm, I'm bad at fucking food. Yo, v- VNT's Pizza. VNT's is right across from St. John the Divine, and Zagat's accurately said that a freshman in Columbia will sooner forget what they learned in English 101 than their first VNT's Pizza. They use full milk mozzarella, and it's it is the New York Italian restaurant personified. Super dimly lit, like like cataract dimly lit, red and white tablecloths, Chianti bottles on the table, but angel hair with pesto that's like out of this world, like out of this world. Like I don't want to fucking share it with you at all. Like you taste the pine nuts, you taste the basil, you taste all the elements, but their pizza is it's you it's so milky. You know what I mean? It's may not, may not be my favorite, but it's one of the absolute best experiences in, in New York for like get a, you know, big Valpolicella, like a big red wine and a, the red and white tablecloth yeah. and they're playing, you know, Enrico Caruso records and shit. That's what fucking Patsy's used to be. Patsy's Under the Bridge in Brooklyn used to be that. It's not that anymore. Now it's just like a lot of yuppies. Going there. That's what I love about Cuban food in Miami. Like I went, I went and had Cuban food with uh, um, Emilio Estefan, and he was like, "I want." I was like, "I want picadillo." That was my favorite dish always. And he goes, "Well, if you want to have a real Cuban, you need an egg on it." And I was like, "Really?" And now all I can think about, I ended up getting something else, but all I can think about is picadillo with an egg on what it. What is picadillo? It's like a ground, yeah, ground beef and uh, like all ground up and with with spices and like 
and like olives and that from the coast with to up. Like if you look at the Cuban map, it changes in each province. The province where my family's from, they put potatoes in it, raisins, raisins, right? Yeah, it off and olives over white rice. That's because the Sicilians and the Moors settled there. there that's go. why there you go. there's a. That's why Sicilian cooking and. Uh, the, the Moorish Spanish influence brought raisins. That's why you start seeing rice. You never saw rice in Italian cooking before, and that that was an, that was introduced by all the African elements and the Moor and Spanish elements that came through. So cooking with raisins, and it went, that even went down to Nicaragua. And Nicaragua, they make tamales that are called naca tamales, which have olives in in them as well. And it's it's, it's this interesting kind of. Lineage, and you watch like olive vines and stuff being planted. Tom, like, you had a sandwich blog on your website, didn't you? Oh my god, like four years ago. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that only because that was when Man vs. Food started. And you had, hadn't you kept up a like a food blog? I well, I just I keep a book. I'm a douche with my website. I haven't done shit with it. I have to do more. I gotta say something. I gotta get out of here. All right, you rolling up? I uh, I watched the show a couple times. Mm-hmm. I even asked Bird about you. I think we had a conversation about him. Yeah. About the show. And uh, you blew my mind. You, you're the real fucking deal, which you don't see in this Thanks, society man. anymore. Thank you, you man. You don't see this at all in this society anymore. Uh, everybody's fucking, you know, faking the funk. <laughs> they're cool to be faking the funk. I don't, I don't get it. If you're going to go on TV and talk to people about food, I'm, I'm 400. I was 415 pounds. 308 now. Tough, I would man. give my life to be 500 again just to eat what the fuck I want to smoke dope and eat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what brings me life. Some people want to fucking suck. Some people want to travel. Fuck you. I just from coast to coast and I'm very happy because, you know, everybody wants to be cool and go to England and shit like that. I always, I'm from Cuba. I wanted to see what America had to offer from mm-hmm. coast to coast food wise, you know. I love what you guys do. Just going to Houston and eat one week. And let these motherfuckers know. Houston's got some great food too, you know. Frisco, but it's amazing how anywhere you go now in this country, it's good fucking food. It's good yeah. fucking food. I don't give a fuck. Like 20 years ago, if you went to Pittsburgh, you starved. If you went to Iowa for four days and you were from New York, you fucking starved. You know, I left I left New York in 83 when it was hard to leave New York. When New York was New York, I, would, I went to Colorado. You want to talk about fucking no food? And, you know, these people eating cheeseburgers and shit and turkey with cranberry. But, I mean, uh, you blew my fucking mind today, bro. You really Thank you, you man. got this shit down. You're a bad motherfucking Jew. I like you. Thank you, man. Thank I'm you, man. Jew. I don't fuck around either, though. Thank you, man. You I love you. You to eat while you're There's in town. Totally. There's only like eight fucking Cuban Jews left. Actually, I know a Juban, and I fucked it up with her. I met uh, I met her one time. We were shooting down in Miami briefly, and uh, I had just gotten, like, really harshly dumped, and uh, I was shooting at Joe Stonecrab, and I had my, uh, my mom one side, of course, my stepmom, who, you know, there's a little bit of friction there, needless to say, and then she and her friends and family came in at the same time for the same taping. I'm running back and forth. This is that Super Bowl thing. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was all the support shit, all the other restaurants. And this girl's mom was like like standing there while I'm talking to my stepmom. She's like, I'll wait. And I'm like, this is family. I'll come to you. She's like, all right, come over. I want to introduce you to my daughter. And she's like, yep, she is a cute. Literally, mother goes, she is a Cuban Jew. She was cute. God, there's a joke just sitting there to be told, but I don't know what you it know, is. It's like a quick joke, but I don't know what it is. 
You rolling out, brother? Grab your, uh, make sure you get your cookies. Awesome. Oh, yeah. All, all these motherfuckers bought Girl Scout cookies. That's why they came over. Girl Scout cookies. Uh, they <laughs> Absolutely safe. Hey, love you, brother. Thank you. Uh, I leave Tuesday morning. All right. I don't edit any of this. I did the first one I edited and I fucked it up. But uh, so I just I just let it go. See, you, Joey. People like hearing the authenticness of someone getting in and kind of talking, and you know, I I enjoy it. Like I like the theater of the mind when you know someone walks in a room and you're like, wait, who is that? And you're it's fun. I almost farted into the mic just just to do it. Oh, can I ask you this now? You said that. I've always wanted wow. wow. <laughs> no, you can't. It's been on my mind. So um, I hate I've, ta- I've spoken to like some competitive eaters before uh-huh. about how they train and what they. And the, um, I know you're not, you know, in that competition, but you've done that style thing, right? Sure, sure, sure. So all of them told me that when they're training, when they're when they're eating these crazy amounts of food, that they always throw up right after you know when they're done. Don't let it pass. Did you know that before? Do you do that? And like when you when you when you eat like a crazy amount of food, I would do cleanses that I got from my physician, and um, they were really intense and thorough. And I assure you, I was empty. I understand their point about don't letting it pass. Here's the thing. Reverse peristalsis, because there is definitely that school of thought of just like they just puke it up right away, right? Right. Here's here's the problem, though. First of all, as someone with no aspirations to do that, like the iPhone yeah. guys, and I'm not saying that they all do it. I don't presume to know that, and I never heard that, but I, I assumed in a lot of cases that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know. I realized I was saying something super inflammatory. This is what the no, guy told no, me. no, 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 no. It's obviously for me. You know, it's always like a hot topic because I get you know asked bathroom questions by fucking. I'm not putting you in this category, yeah. but like I get like. Are you saying I'm like Mary Johnson right now? <laughs> <laughs> that was the don't look passive questions you asked me. No, but real talk. I just um, for me, I. I um, I figured, well, I spoke to my doctor about that. And the first thing, you know, like I saw a bunch of doctors before I even taped. So I started, that's really comforting, by the way. Bert's daughter is standing behind him with a fireplace lighter. Like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Making the ring of face. It's awesome. Keep, keep, keep answering the question. No, it's okay. As long as your priorities are still helping, she has an overdose. Oh, my God. Give that back to mommy. Jesus Christ. Sorry. I totally dropped dime on this little girl, but she's freaking me out with the lighter. Six-year-old that lives like she's got one month to live. (laughs) But my doctor, my doctor said, uh, I went to a bunch of doctors ahead of time because my rationale was let me get, get a baseline of health and then strive to maintain that rather than repair damage. Okay. And that, I think, has really proven to be the biggest difference. Um, Starting certain supplements, certain vitamins before. And I know that I probably would have put less weight on during the course of doing the show had I probably thrown up more. And I remember blatantly asking him, like, should I just get Ipecac? Like, he's like, no. As as a physician, there is no way I will advise you. Because remember, I shot 59 of these. And before I had really great reps, like I do now, 
like they would put me doing four episodes on a row and doing a challenge and then having to go back and pack and handle my own wardrobe and all this stuff. And like, so after I do this, and remember every challenge was preceded by you eating eight hours of shooting for either an empty stomach. And then before that, yeah, the day, well, no, then the days before that, so you were like going through amazing, like intolerable discomfort, right? Doing it stuff. was just exhausting. Like the toll it was taking on my body. And then once the show got popular and to the degree that it got popular, it was a blessing. But as somebody who is by his own admission, way too freaking sensitive, like to suddenly have, the scrutiny and the attention and the love and the hate and equal parts and trying to wrap your head around being quote unquote fucking famous or whatever that is. Um, and, and always trying to be humble and always trying to be real and true to yourself and true to your friends and true to like what made you a success and doing all that shit and trying to wrap your head around it and try not to respond to every schmuck on Twitter. At the same time, it's literally I'm not even kidding you. We shot Columbus, Austin, Amarillo, Chicago, I think we had a day off in Chicago and we shot straight. So that was like eight to 10 hours shooting at the Thurman cafe, eating, then shooting, shooting a Smith sausage house, eating then this, and this is before I knew what to do and then shoot for eight hours. And I just wouldn't eat and then try to like take out the, the uh, sandwich. So I finally went to a doctor and I said, listen, there has to be an efficient way. And he said, it's meant to go that way, and we'll help you get it out that way. I'm, I'm pointing from head to, to toe right now, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. But uh, he said, he's like, it'll rot your teeth out, burn your esophagus out terribly. Throat cancer. It's a fucking nightmare. Well, to, to that point, the guy, the, the competitive eater, told me that the reason he actually had to quit you know, was because the damage he was doing to his esophagus from all the throwing up. For me, my big thing was because I was doing these flushes and I was very disciplined about doing them. Very, very disciplined about doing them. And they, trust me, they're not sexy. And, like, I was always jealous because, like, my crew would go out. I remember doing it God, after the... so fucking pissed. Dude, after the fifth third burger, <laughs> the one that I had to eat between the seventh inning stretch and the end of the game, I couldn't believe I took the burger out. And, man, I stayed and I signed fucking autographs for every single person in that stadium feeling like death, right? Went back to the hotel, delirious, delirious with bloat because you drink this stuff and it bloats you out and it brings water and then you f just empty out. I can't. How sick have we must have felt? And so I'm then like, they're telling me where they are, like, hey, we're going out to whatever. And then they'll be like, we'll bring you back something. And at this Fuck point... Beanie. <laughs> Fuck Beanie. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so they're like going out and then they're like, dude, this waitress last night's so hot. So hot. She's the best ass. She was so cute. This, uh, by the way, this is... She, she found out what we were shooting? Crew. I yeah. shot... I, I would... When they were they were off shooting, which was like barely ever, I could I would steal these crew members. So I partied with these guys, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, man, it really." They like they felt they felt genuinely bad for Adam because they'd get fucking he'd get done a challenge, get on a plane, go to the next place, and it was all over, fucking starting all over again. But Eric Beanie was our sound guy. We shared him at certain times. Two time Emmy winner, is, Eric Beanie. He is one of the funniest fucking guys. Eric's the funniest member of the crew. But he's he is hands down and he's the guy that would be like, hey, we're going to go out to eat, Adam. We'll bring you something back. <laughs> like, no, but not trying to be a badge. Yeah. Not trying to be a douche about it. Like, they would leave and like try to like involve me and stuff. 
And I, 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 you know, they would go, oh, dude, yeah, man. And I remember I was like on the road and people think that it was just because I read like my Twitter feed that it's just like a honey dripper on the road. And it's not like that. And they're like, yo, man. So is the waitress was so hot. And then she found out what we were shooting and she was like, oh, is Adam coming? And I was he? like, he's throwing up right now. He's, <laughs> he's in the hotel room getting really good on FIFA on his iPad. Right, how good are you at that? What level do you play at? FIFA on my iPad? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 like, semi-pro, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, you're not, like, okay. It's so, have you played it? No. It's, I don't believe it's on the iPad. Hours a night. Yeah, on the iPad. Yeah, dude, addicted. It's fucking the best. What is it called? FIFA World, the, the soccer game. FIFA 13. And you just play with your fingers? Yeah, you just play on the screen. It's super, like, you'll, you'll sign up for I a tournament, and you're like, I may I'll make these quarters, a little, or these halves a little longer, and then you'll start playing tournaments where you're like, holy shit, I've been playing fucking FIFA for like five hours straight right now. I just won the Spanish Cup and I'm going to start a new season. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll yeah, FIFA is crazy. And now FIFA, uh, I never, I had it for the Xbox. I'm never really home. Yeah. But I got it and I really got into like designing characters and like creating characters. Yeah. I created like this fictional three brothers mm-hmm. and they all played for different teams. And oh, like I made them all look the same. The, it, it, it began with a joke with my friend Lauren. We're talking about because it's the truth. That, you know, I'm a huge soccer fan. Huge. I did not know that. Oh, there's a video. I don't know what is that. The team? No, 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 no. That was the video you're talking about. Video you're talking about is me um, visiting White Hart Lane, which is where Tottenham Hotspur play, and I'm a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Yeah. And, and so, and there's a very popular video of Adam, like, kind of fucking. Flipping out, like losing his mind but as he up. goes to the place and he sees the like all the things. I <clears throat> I don't follow soccer, so it was kind of like I didn't understand it, but but I understand the emotion. But yeah, yeah, I cried. I totally cried. Really? I saw the pitch. Who's your, the first. who's your team? Tottenham Hotspur. Where's that? Let me know. Uh, it's North London. They are currently fourth in the Premier League. Wow. Um, I, I just started understanding soccer the, a tad bit the, enough to get a Manchester United jersey. You know, so that's how I started too. I got a Man U jersey. Like everyone, everyone in America supports pretty much four teams. I find Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and I said I'm a Man United fan. In the very beginning, and I was really following, and I said, yeah, Man U, because they're great. They were the first team I ever played with on my FIFA. They are a great tradition of winning. They've got a dynasty, great players. A, a ma- their manager is a knight. You know, and then my cousin started telling me, oh, yeah, my friend Troy supports Spur, Spur my Tottenham Hotspur. And I had asked my Twitter followers, what team should I support? Mm-hmm. And they all sent different things. And one guy sent me 100 great goals, Tottenham Hotspur. Mm-hmm. And I found out that it's also traditionally the, the team that the Jews in North London traditionally supported. Okay. Really? To such a degree that the fans are called Yids or Yiddos or the Yid Army. They The Spurs don't actually like it, but the fans will always say it. And this is really fucked up. But all the Chelsea fans, this is, this is a report I read, during World War II would make gas chamber noises because they knew that a lot of the Tottenham supporters were Jewish. They would go tss, and then they would... What are you, what are you laughing about? <laughs> I love it. It came right at the Holocaust thing. <laughs> Those pretzels. I know. Josh losing his fucking I'm mind over there too. Like, what's going He's on? He's losing his mind, laughing hysterically, and I'm like, I was just thinking of something else. And then just, I was like, I couldn't. I was like, it's inappropriate to laugh now. <laughs> He's talking about the 
It wasn't appropriate. Like that. <laughs> that made me want to laugh. That's exactly more. why I don't eat them. By the way, how many had you had? I was so. I was so tapping out. He's tapping out. I was so curious. I saw him like he was laughing. He was crying, yeah. and I was like, "Well, he must be a big Tottenham Hotspur fan." Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur fan. And Jerry, me hot. So and then you and then you you said you said they call the yids and I'm like this is a pretty intense thing and John's sobbing over there laughing and then wait what is it what's so funny those pretzels <laughs> oh there's a lot how many did bag. you eat <laughs> he, he didn't eat any <laughs> this room was very smoky. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Joey is, Joey came to my the first podcast I ever did was with Joey, oh my, my dad, and Buns, and Joe and Tommy, and Joey uh, ate a bunch of pot cookies and asked my dad if he wanted one. And my, and my dad is not a pot smoker at all, and not at all. My dad's like, oh, oh, maybe I was like, Dad, you don't want one. Then we come in here and Joey was so fucking high that my and my dad was had like a whiskey and he was like, what is this guy's out of his fucking mind? I love him, but they really hit it off. Mostly because my dad lost his dad at a young age, and Joey lost his dad at a young age. So it's, they have that man thing where they like they, do, they had to t- take care of themselves, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, uh, but that was all right. Got to kill the energy. You know what I do like? The only thing I do like about soccer, the Premier League, how you can fall out of it. Oh, I like that too. Like if the NFL did that, or like the two crappiest teams every year at the okay you're not in the NFL anymore and the two best college teams moved up yeah that that's be, what it is that it's three be. it's three and yeah. what's even cooler is that three get to come up <laughs> and that's how it goes from every league there's relegation and promotion and that's what's so great that you could be a team like this year like Swansea from from Wales they are fucking killing it and they just got into the Premier League last year West Ham United who like Eric Beanie supports yeah. Nick Frost, um, Ray Winstone, like great team. West Ham United, they were in the Premier League when I started following in 2011. Mm-hmm. 2012, they were fucking sent down a championship, got promoted. And now they're like in sixth place again, in fifth place. It's it's. I agree with you, and that's why they call you know the 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 if you are promoted from the champion. The Champions League. So there's Premier Champions, League One, League Two. And if you're promoted from the Championship League, Empower Championship League to Barclays Premier League, they call it the richest prize in sport. Or it's been called the richest prize in sport yeah. because the opportunity to compete on that stage. And you get so much money. But you gotta back it up. You don't you don't win, you go back down. I like that. I like that too. What's also kind of interesting is the the Champions League, which is the most prestigious, because that's that's the clubs from all over the world. Yeah, that's crazy. With winning that is insane. Yeah, that's that's the clubs from everywhere. The best in England versus the best in Italy versus the best in Norway versus the best in whatever. Those are always what I think is if, kind of fucked up, but kind of interesting, is that if you win, you're automatically guaranteed a berth to come back. You're not. You don't have to earn it every year. That's why Tottenham, my team, got blown out last year. Chelsea, 
traditionally, Champions League qualifies certain teams in certain countries and because of the level of play. So, like, Ireland can't get a team in. You'll never see an MLS team in because right now Champions has not deemed deemed them on that level of play yet. Really? Yeah. So, but in England, the top four teams in the Premier League go to Champions. Tottenham was in fourth, but because Chelsea won, even though they finished sixth in the league, they get to go back. And Man United, Man City, and oh, Arsenal wow. all got to go to Champions. Even though they were sixth? Even though, yeah, and Tottenham was in fourth, but four EPL teams. And the Champions always get to return. But that's why you get to see games where it's Barcelona versus Man United. Yeah, that's and you see the Spanish style of play versus the English that's style of so play. fucking considering. What is the English cons- style of play? English, I find- Oh, I'm thinking of the cheering. Oh, well, that too. Dude. I'm thinking of the cheering. Go wait. What is? I was talking about on the on the pitch. On yeah. the pitch. So the Spanish, you know, they. So it's very short, six to nine yard passes, and this really interesting rotation that the main United coach, Sir Alex Ferguson, he called it the carousel, and they rotate, and they rotate, and all they do is wait for you to fuck up. And then they place their passes, these six to nine yard passes, so clean. Mm-hmm. And up front, they've got the best ball handlers in the world. They've got Lionel Messi. Yeah. You have Andres Iniesta. And there's this little guy named Javi that people say, I look like fat Javi, which I, <laughs> I kind of could take because he's a brilliant central midfielder. <laughs> he could pass the ball that they say he airmails the ball. And so he's got a great front line. And the British style of play is, I find. <clears throat> Traditionally, it's played out of a four-four-two long ball. So the play starts the, the defense. Mm-hmm. That's why most of the most captains in England, you see a lot of defensive captains. Vincent Company from um, Man City, for example. But these defenders, they set up the play. And they distribute, and then you go on a run. And the trick is to time your run so that you don't get caught offside. So you'll have a midfielder time it. And these guys get paid millions and millions of dollars to just set up these plays so that the ball's already in play by the time these guys get passed. And uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo, who's an $80 million player, yeah, yeah. you know, plays left wing for Real Madrid. And the guy, I mean, he's he's beyond gifted at what he does. And so to see him against a very blocky geometric System like you don't look back at the Premier League. When's the last time you saw like a British player do a lot of fun little foot stuff? Yeah, yeah. You see Luis Suarez from Ecuador do that shit. You see Colombian players do that stuff or Portuguese. But so I think it's a really great thing. Like the British game goes, it's the fastest, it's the closest thing they have to I think American football. Mm-hmm. You mean throw ball? Yeah. That's what they call it. Hand egg. Throw ball? Hand you egg. Mean, you mean the original one? If you were to give me a quiz on <laughs> any of that, if you were to give me a quiz on any of the <laughs> soccer talk that just happened right here in this room, I would not do well. <laughs> it was it was pretty dorky. I'm sorry about that. That's, that's my I problem. That's in, I find it interesting that you're into soccer. I'm totally, my interest in it is 100% due to FIFA on the iPad. Yeah. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I back I you up on that. I back you up on that. Yeah. That's how I initially got into it. Yeah, that's totally the. the fun I'm fucking downloading it now. I want to be a soccer so fan. Fun. It's, so it's like great. it's like when a girl when you like it's like discovering cutting or collecting stamps. Like I want a new sport. And I have to, you know, is that a bad analogy? <laughs> not that I'm an expert in the on same it, category, but not that I'm an expert on it. But whenever like you hear about somebody who's once in a generation, like best of an era is playing in any sport right now. It always makes you want to check it. Like, you know, you could be not a golf fan, but, like, when Tiger Woods was, like, in his prime winning every week. Watching him like, was exciting. Like, Dude, watch this guy play golf. This is retarded. Yeah. Like, he's fucking – he wins every week, right? So, like, arguably, when you watch these pieces that people are doing and, and highlights of Messi right now in Barcelona, like, the last few years, like, I've been watching – he's on Sports Center, you know, Every other fucking night when they're playing. You know who that is, Bert? It's no idea. Lionel Messi, he's Argentinian. They call him the little wizard. And it's stupid, he's this man. little guy. That sounds racist. He's, it does sound racist. I don't know if I can support that. He's, um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, plays, you know, he wears number 10 for Barcelona. He's the actual cover guy for 2013 FIFA. Is, but watch his, go just. I'm downloading it. No, but, but I'm me. saying go to YouTube and type in like Lionel Messi. Oh. Goals and it's that's incredible. the one thing that sucks about when they st- like Sports Center. They like basketball is fun to watch highlights. Football is fun to watch highlights. Baseball is like it's all right. Like the good catches, but those are few and far between. Yeah. Soccer highlights are fucking awesome, amazing, awesome. But it's like there's not enough soccer fans here, so they don't really cover it yeah. on Sports Center. Yeah, but well, I just want the highlights. Or you want them like they'll show the most amazing goal, but they'll show like the kick. And they'll cut to the next thing. You're like, what about the fucking pass yeah, the that led to that? Yeah, the setup. Like, go back and show me that shit from, like, yeah. nine the angles. Thing is, let's just be honest. Think about the games that are really big in America. For the most part, you have football where you're getting six points, seven points, any given score, three points. Yeah. So you have games that finish 36-34. Right. Basketball, you have games finishing in the 80s, in the 100s, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. For an American audience to watch any sport continuously for ninety minutes and be satisfied with one nothing, well, yeah, and it's you and have to enjoy the game. Yeah, That's the bottom line. Exactly. Is there's not a lot of scoring. That's why when there is a sco- when there is an actual scoring try, yeah, then it's such such a release because it's a twenty six minute build up. Yeah, it's pretty. It's yeah. Americans do not have a tolerance. A lot, I should say, not all. Have a tolerance. Um, you know, Joey <laughs> mentioned that earlier. I've been thinking about this TV show because he mentioned it like the buffet where you have one dish that has I, something in it. Okay, here's the show. And the ideal name, sadly, is Man versus Food. But we can't do that. Because it's, it's already but, been used. But it's like, uh, just that's, what you tell people. <laughs> that's what you tell them. Like, you, you get guys like, okay, here's the deal. You got to go to this buffet. Once every 30 minutes, one dish has weed in it. We're going to ask you questions after each course. And the person that can last the longest without us knowing you're high wins a million bucks. But the trick is you put weed in every single dish. (laughs) (laughs) And you just hear them try to talk like like they're not you know like you're talking like yeah like, exactly uh, but like, you, you never believe he's up. a successful producer 
that's a funny show. That's a funny. That is a fucking yeah. funny yeah, show. Funny. So was my pitch to Sharon Levy. Can I kidnap your child? But she did not find that fucking. No, no, she passed. It, on the on the title, she passed. I thought you meant she died. No, no. Said- <laughs> she passed. <laughs> what time is your heart out, Adam? What time you got to get out of here? I should probably still pretty soon. My manager, my lovely manager, Miss Eileen Springer of Sherman Oaks, California. Has invited me for a home cooked meal because I've been away from nice. for a while. Exactly. There's you know something I've always wanted to talk to you about that I don't understand that bothers you, but it does not bother me. Or maybe Boys have it, a penis. Maybe girls maybe have a vagina. Maybe it doesn't really actually bother you, but it was rumor. But someone said that you don't like, and there's other celebrities that don't like this when people take pictures of you, like while, like like they try to sneak a picture of you. You know, it's funny. I I because uh... by the way, I absolutely love that. Like when I, what I'd rather. I remember someone... you told you told me, and it's actually your rationale. I used to be a really big douche about that, and I will cop to it. Um, I really, I found it to be super invasive. Yeah, I found it to be like, you know, uh, you know, as a big dude, sometimes I don't really think that that, that certain angles are certainly the most flattering, and I think that it just oh, adds man. more room for derision. And I find it to be a little bit obtrusive. Like, I don't know, when I'm ready, but I feel like taking pictures in before I had a show, like if someone like woke you up in the morning, let's say, or like I was running, you lived in New York, I'm running to the bodega to get some milk and to get some like Gatorade or whatever, and then run back to my place. And I'm in there like flip flops and this and a sweatshirt and stuff. You know what I mean? And I used to be kind of an asshole about it, I have to admit. Not like to my fans, but just really very vigilant and on set and then I stopped and I realized one you said if people do that excuse me if people do that then they don't actually they don't need to stop you for a picture they feel they've already gotten a picture yeah I hate that's the one thing that drives not doesn't drive me nuts but I'd rather I'd rather someone snap one of me I'll even mug I'll even do like like lascivious like make I'm like ah like to, so they get a better one because uh-huh. I'd rather the stopping down and then handing off of the camera to someone and then yeah. and then here here let's, can we take one more like that I was like it's so much easier for them to just go snap 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 and you're like no oh, you got it all right yeah I've no I've seen you mug in a photo oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's all I fucking do but I I've since given up with that also I was just like it's like I'll have a bigger problem when people no longer want to take pictures of me so I figured just sort of like let it. But you went Let from zero to one fifty. Yeah, like like you know, one of the things that was so different in our careers is that I've been doing bullshit pilots for fucking ten years that never went anywhere, and like I would venture to say, probably Man vs. Food was one of like the fucking one, probably one of your first big green light projects. I mean, you were, were a working actor. Yeah, but, but I was doing mostly stage. Yeah, and so all of a sudden to go from and to be a show that defined a network, and in a weird way to find the programming of that network, and to then be like like that like that. So in your and I'm not saying in your defense that you need it, but like in your defense, that's a lot to put on a fucking person. It, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember. You, did you ever meet Dan Kornfeld? He yeah, directed yeah, season, just, season yeah. three of Man vs. Food, and he's he's great. He's great, great, great director, great producer. Dan um, Dan told me once that in China there's actually a curse, like a like a negative thing you say to someone. You say, "May all your dreams come true." 
and 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 you get it a little bit. It's like you want the cash and prizes. This is the exchange. Yeah, you know whether it's college guys getting beer muscles and wanting to like fight with me in ASU or like um, people wanting to like touch my stomach or girls saying obnoxious bathroom stuff to me and stuff. If I want to still, on the other hand, be able to pay off my student loans to Yale, buy my mom a car, save up for a place for myself, have a driver waiting for me to take me back to my hotel, whatever, then the bottom line is that's the trade-off. And it's you can't be a little bit pregnant. And so I've since become significantly less cunty about the pictures. And I just think, look, make myself available because there'll be a time, God forbid, where I have to wonder about my availability, you know, and well, you know, and I know you're, exactly you're, what you're saying. And you're a product, and I, I came out of Yale Drama School, and a lot of people were purists, and I, I just try to be <laughs> responsible. I can't, I can't I repackage fucking manwitch's caviar. Like I know what I am. <laughs> manwitch's caviar. <laughs> like I know what I am. I'm not gonna fucking piss on your head and tell you it's raining, like. I, I'm very well aware of what my my sweet spot is, and I think if I suddenly were competing on Top Chef, I think you'd immediately know I was out of my element. Or um, or if I was judging the great cooks of the world, they'd be like, the first they'd burp, and then they would go, apropos of what? They'd be like, who who are you to judge? Although I mean, it would be funny if you did do that, and you were like, this was good. It would only be better if there were 15 pounds of it. And then just went to the next person. Et that was all of your notes. Did you think about possibly so, bringing a wheelbarrow in? The pictures oh, thing. <laughs> the pictures oh, thing made you crazy, right? Initially, you said used to agitate you more. Is that online with? Because I imagine you get a lot of bathroom questions. Hey, what kind of shits do you take? What size? Yeah. What do they look like? What's the worst one? Do you have like a go-to? Like, do you go like you I don't, four very specific? Ones. Well, those are all been in my head. I wanted to ask them for the last couple hours, but <laughs> so, so you, a la Magic Johnson, <laughs> yeah, like Magic. But um, but that that's just a topic that really genuinely interests me. Like, I'm not saying it. Like, like you know, I have this conversation with everybody. Is what I'm saying. Tom's Tom's first vine was a picture of him taking a shit. I um. You, you know, I always tell people like you know anything really bathroom stuff. I always I'll discuss with you know. My physician, I still think that's, you know. But is that what, do you go, I'll say it for my doctor, is that like your go-to passing response? Generally speaking, or like this one guy, like said something trying to be funny in front of a bunch of chicks in Boulder, like trying to like clown me. And I was just like, this is not going to happen. I said, all right, let me get this straight, man. So you are genuinely interested in the anus of a stranger that is a grown man. You want to know what? Because he was like, "What's your butthole like?" And he's like, "I'm sorry, I just need to know. I need to know." I'm like, "So what you need What's to know? Like? You need to know what another grown man's anus is like. That's what you're interested in." And I was like, "Girls, this is the guy you want to hang out with. Or would you rather come have a drink with me and my friends?" Boom. Yeah. Mm, he was there, and I was like, I know you think you're funny, but you're being rude and disrespectful. I was like, it's cool, man. It's cool. I'm like, it's not cool. I don't like you. And when you watch my show, know that I don't like you. That's the fucking craziest thing is I saw – a long time ago, I saw Adam Sandler in that uh, diary of – and he apparently has horrible road rage. And I was like, I wonder how many times like he's fucking loses his mind driving, and people are like, hey, it's Adam Sandler. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Take a left, asshole. <laughs> Yeah. He's got bad road rage. 
rage? In the in in diary, this was. Well, you can you. see the guy has rage in him. Yeah. Right. Like you've you've seen it over the years. Like when you can pull that rage out like that, that's in yeah. you. You know, like that's one of his kind of. So when are you going to start a podcast, Adam? What am I going to start? I need to update my my website. Do a podcast. I'm telling you. Do a podcast. Fuck I you. will. Oh, yo, new series, homie. Oh yeah. When does it start? I, don't, I start taping it in Daytona on twenty second. Um, the network wants to call it Fandemonium, so I think we're going to be calling it Fandemonium. And, and you're basically it's it, you're pick going. a fan of anything, fan of uh, Lebowski Fest, a Star Trek fan, Star Wars fan. So it's not. It's not. It's not technically. It's not. It's not. It's initially not they were they were foreseeing it to be a largely tailgate show. Yeah. But not every type of fandom lends itself to tailgating. Renaissance festivals and so on, Civil War reenactments. But those people are fans, and they dedicate themselves just as hard as the most avid Raven fan yeah. or Dolphin fan. So we are going to go around and give fans the ultimate fan experience, whatever that is. So in Daytona. We're going to basically give a family that's been going to Daytona for years oh, the Daytona. on a certain thing. Yeah, the Daytona race is happening. And the thing is, it's not about, you know, pimp my tailgate as much as it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm like a Dolphin fan. I'm a Hotspur fan. I spend money on my, my web memberships and watching the games. And, and there are much more avid fans. And I think that those guys who do do a lot needed to get a thank you and I think it's actually really kind of cool to like surprise people that would I mean, be fucking great like to do, do do a man cave but for someone's fan experience yeah that's fucking awesome when's that you don't know when it it's premieres cool. I don't know when it premieres but I pray to god I don't mess up taping the first 10 episodes oh you're gonna fucking kill you know it. a show that has premiered what is that John that's be the Joe Schmo show Tuesday nights 10pm on Spike John Moore is your executive producer he wrote all the jokes the finale coming up March Tommy Buns Tom TomSegura.com. Uh, I got. I posted a bunch of new dates um, for April and May. So come check me out. I'll be at a club near you at Tom Segura on Twitter, and uh, you can watch that shit video on Vine. It was really nice to meet you, Adam. Good to really, meet you as well. Really interesting. I, I hope you, you do the magic well. stuff on on stage because that shit is funny. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you, man. I might do that actually. I think that Magic Johnson bit is funny. So and check out Joey Diaz's shit online. He was here on Bird Christ. And good night, Moby. Good night, Moby. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by The Machine.